time to watch a movie you've never seen. There might be some ninjas or a crazy death machine, but there will be smiles and there will be tears. You won't watch another movie for about 800 years. It's time for death by video. Death by Video. I'm Graham. I'm Phil. I'm Kit. And we are joined by Lillian. And we're also joined again by our uh, special guest from the uh, Violent Years episode, which I swear to God will be going up this weekend, guys. Uh, sorry, I kind of got tired last night when I was editing it. It is Phil Sportel. Phil Sportel. So we're gonna call. How's everyone doing? We're gonna call uh, Phil uh, OG Phil Phil One, and Phil Sportel will be <laughs> Phil Two. Um, no offense, Phil, too. It's just mm. uh, them's the breaks. You showed up second. Phil yeah. again. Phil again. Um, all right. So tonight we're going to be watching. We're kicking off. I'm very excited. The first episode in our series on kung fu movies from countries that don't make kung fu movies. So we're starting off tonight with the Irish Fatal Deviation. Is, is it all? Is it all specifically kung fu movies, or is that just a broader? It's a broad, like, martial, martial arts, arts. Martial okay, arts. Because okay. this isn't really a kung fu is, movie tonight. Is there an Irish martial art? Oh, is there an Irish martial art? Well, you will find out when you watch this movie. Fatal Deviation. Fatal Deviation. Filmed on location in Trim, Ireland. Not even Dublin, the Trim. town of Trim. <laughs> um, I know. Fatal Deviation, filmed on location. <laughs> that was I'm... more Jamaican, but that was good. <laughs> you went reggae my... there. I can't do that all in bit right now. I can't even do that. My Irish geography is wonky. Where exactly is Trim, Ireland? Um, I, you know, I actually or like... Or rather the general region. I think it's Central Ireland. Okay. Um, I first heard of this on the uh, old school wrestling video podcast because they occasionally review movies. Um... And I'd never heard of this film before, and they did a review, and I was like, oh my god, I have to see this. And they're three Irish guys, and they said, the greatest crime this film commits is that it actually exposes what the real Ireland is like. It's like in every single ad, you see Dublin, ah, oh, modern city, modern music, modern people. But no, this is the real Ireland Ireland we're going to get to see right now. Uh, I'm going to look up where Trim Ireland is. Um, so while we're doing that, guys, is there anything uh, good that you've watched since we last recorded? Phil 1, start. I say, yeah, I saw this, the early 70s uh, Senegalese film, uh, Tuki Buki. Oh, nice. Yeah, it was really good. I missed it at the Black Gold screening from a couple weeks ago, but mm-hmm. I uh, managed to secure a copy because it was released in uh, the first volume of Scorsese's World Cinema Project. It's super cool. It's super cool. Anything else interesting since we last uh, uh, recorded? It's it, a bit hard, I, I, though. Because I, I meant to mention it when we did our uh, Pune Fest, uh, but uh, mm-hmm. I recently watched uh, the first Police Story for the first time. I had a lot of fun yeah. watching Jackie that. Chan's. That's the the film that broke Jackie Chan worldwide. He uh, directed himself, produced himself. He was his own stunt coordinator. 
Um, they had to make it without insurance because no one would insure him, and he wound up getting, like, burns over 90% of his body when he did that giant leap and the climax in the shopping mall. I can't believe that was all he sustained. I know. That was, yeah, I know. He didn't die. That's that's the, the thing about when you watch the early Police Academy, or Police Academy, Police Story. <laughs> be a much different Police Academy. The, the first few Police Story movies, like, he nearly killed himself constantly. That opening chase through the shantytown is nuts. And not only that, like, the co-stars as well. Like, so many people go through plated glass. I know. And those are... Like, why, why is nobody bleeding? Because they cut away and took yeah. them off to a hospital. Yeah. It's, I should explain, we kind of did a little time travel. Uh, the last episode we recorded was our Albert Pune birthday episode, but the episode that dropped before this one is actually the Violent Years episode, our one-off on the Girl Gang movie by Ed Wood, which Phil was also on. So it se- Phil 2 was also on, so it seems like Phil 2 is now a regular member of this podcast. <laughs> Which he may be. Um, is that all you've seen, Phil? One. Uh, otherwise, I've just uh, binge watched uh, season five of Brooklyn Nine Nine. Not film nice. content, but uh, it, it's good. Yeah, right? It's a lot yeah. of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Thankfully, they're coming back for another season. Yeah, I'm really. It's 13 episodes, but good enough. Still. Yeah. Yeah. Solid. S- good. Saved from cancellation. Exactly. Kit. Thank you, Guillermo del Toro. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, G. Um, Toronto's own Guillermo del Toro. I don't care. He moved here. He's Canadian now. He's one of us. Kit, what have you seen one since we last us. recorded? Google gobble up one of us. Uh, man, I saw a lot. Um, I saw two Marvel movies because I thought I was going to go watch um, Avengers Infinity War and then I mm-hmm. never got around to doing I didn't. that. No, I, I didn't. So what, I, mean, what, I, mean, I might still see what, it. What did you watch? Have you watched Deadpool 2 yet? No, I haven't seen that either. I want to see that. Um, I saw, I saw um, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, mm-hmm. which I liked. With Kurt Russell? Yep, I liked. It's fine. Yeah. It's funny. It's, it works better as a comedy than it does an action film. But Yeah, I felt that this movie, the volume two, was way more based around the internal battles than the external. Because it was Peter Quill coming to terms with his father, finally meeting his father, and then realizing he has to destroy his father. Yes, that is the plot. And it has a pretty sweet David Hasselhoff cameo. It does, yes. And it has a pretty sweet track called Guardians Inferno, which is a disco remix of the Guardians uh, of the Galaxy theme song, featuring David Hasselhoff. Didn't- and it- didn't notice that. They made a really, really great music video. Okay. Good to know. Yeah. Um, and I also saw Doctor Strange. And? Uh, it was, it's good. Um, I think... I feel like there should have been a comma in that title. Can, yeah. Phil, too, you got to remember to grab the <laughs> microphone. I, I feel like there should have been a comma in that title. Doctor Strange. Do- yeah. That's how I felt about the film. Oh. Interesting. Well, I, I just watched it on my laptop um, and mm-hmm. then was thinking, man, this is like kaleidoscope of movie. You had to drop the F word. Uh, yes. Now I have to edit that out. And the K word. It was called for. It was called for. I also dropped the K word. Um, it's a kaleidoscope of movie, so I think it would have, uh, one of the rare films that would have really benefited from uh, seeing it IMAX 3D. Yeah, it, it, they definitely meant, I haven't seen it yet, but I uh, read a lot of its production, and they really meant it to be, to because like all these films get put out in IMAX, they all get 3D transit, transit, uh, Transitions, transfers, tra- transfers. There you go. But none of them really are made for it. Whereas I've heard, whereas from what I read, is that the uh, director Scott Derrickson of Doctor Strange really wanted to actually. It was his first time making a movie of that scope, so he really wanted to take advantage of the IMAX 3D capability. Yeah, and it looks like it was specifically made for that. And mm-hmm. I feel like I missed out a little, but it's a fine movie. Who doesn't love Bumblebee Cumberbatch? Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> Did you watch anything else, Kit? Yeah, more recently I watched uh, the first half of the Martin Scorsese Bob Dylan documentary uh, No Direction Home, which I it's really enjoyed. It's a long one. I really like that one, too. Uh, just the music is really good. Mm-hmm. Just his instincts to, to let the music play 
Mm -hmm. um, to like just throw up Hank Williams and let it play for like a half. I was minute. wondering why you're posting all those old Irish folk ballads on you on oh, Facebook. Oh come on, Clancy Brothers and Tom, Tommy Makem. I thought you were just like prepping yourself for fatal deviation. Fatal deviation. I was. Yeah, get get ready, audience, for a an episode filled with stellar Irish accents. <laughs> I really wanted to buy a, a Tamo shandy for this episode, but I couldn't <laughs> find one. Are we gonna do like a best Irish accent contest at the end of this? It probably will become one. Yes. No, I'm gonna lose. Fatal, fatal deviation. Fatal deviation. Uh, I, check me after the movie. I'll probably have a better we'll one. We'll see. Uh, and then I watched, uh, because I've been inspired to watch more documentaries, mm -hmm. I watched the James Baldwin documentary, I Am Not Your Negro, which was quite good. Oh, good. Yeah. I still, I've still yet to see it. I really wanted to, but I, I missed it when it was It's narrated box. by uh, our friend of the podcast, Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. Samuel Leroy, Leroy Jackson, Jackson, as we found out on our... Julian Leroy. As we found out on our Exorcist 3 episode way back in October of 2017. Yes. So that's a, that's a solid watch. Oh, that was a fun night, huh? That was, that was. All right, I'm going yeah. to pass the mic. All right. So, Phil 2, what Hi. have you seen uh, movie-wise uh, since we last recorded? Um, I'm watching a lot of... I mean, I, if we can open this up to TV shows... Depends on the TV show. We they, yes, These guys a, do, I don't really... Has, has anyone heard of Toast of London? Yes, I love Toast of London. Tons, it's, it's an amazing it's show. It's so good. It's an amazing show. That definitely fits in because it's very. it can be very cinematic. Clem Fandango. Oh, I love Clem, Clem, Clem Hello. Fandango. Hi, Steven. This is Clem Fandango. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you, Clem Fandango. <laughs> you guys have not the seen guy, that show. The guy, his his voice is like a bassoon. Mm -hmm. You know, he's he's um he's incredible. He was on the IT crowd. Yes, yeah, so his name is Matt boss. Barry. He plays he played uh, Renum Denim on the IT crowd, and he also played um he was in uh for those with uh, really good taste in uh, British television. Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. That was a great yeah. show. I mean, and thank God this guy has his own show now. Oh yeah, because um, he's so good. You, you. I mean, like like a lot of British humor, it there's a lot of like sort of like running gags, mm -hmm. and once you watch it five or six times, you really start to like it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's definitely like. I, I have not seen an episode that I did not like. I know. The other thing, too, about it is that he has a certain way, and he's, he does this in all of his shows that he's in, but he mispronounces words on purpose. Or it stretches them out. Or stretches or, them out, yeah. Yeah. Any one of number of things. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, like, I, I think it would be worth, you know, talking yeah. about that show at some point. I know. We, we, if we ever really have cool. a TV podcast, mm -hmm. uh, Death by Television, we'll uh, maybe... <laughs> Maybe we'll we'll get into that show because I'm I'm also I'm allowing you to talk about a TV show because I'm going to talk about a TV show when we get to meet. Okay, well, well, yeah, that's. that's Are you the kidding one. me? I love how you guys blew. You guys had a moment just now about that show, so. It's just so good, Mrs. Purchase. I, I also finished The Terror. I should mention that. Oh, squeezed in the, man, yeah. that's a really good show. I, I haven't watched it. it. That's a Netflix program, right? Uh, oh shit! What? No, AMC. Oh, I didn't know. That. Okay, I thought it was a Netflix. Anyways, uh, it'll be coming to Netflix eventually. Yeah, and it will. Do check it out when it comes um, out. Also, it's Toast really of, stellar. Yeah, Toast of London is currently on Canadian Netflix. I don't know about our listeners down south or out in Indonesia. Yay! Hello. Yes, to our one Indonesian listener who listens every week, we have not forgotten about you. Um, Hang Phil, in there, Kevin. <laughs> Phil, too. Have you watched anything else other than Toast of London, or has that been your main your main thing? Um, yeah. Yeah, no, that's the one that I'm really been really been into. All right, so Lillian, what have you? Oh, did Phil one have anything to say? Oh, oh no, I, I I I forgot. That I watched a couple other notables. I uh, I watched the French movie Raw. Ooh, did you that, have a seizure? 
Sorry, I, I don't know have why a I seizure, want... but there were, there were moments that I felt compelled to turn away because mm-hmm. as strong a stomach as I have, like there are just there are just certain body horror elements that just made me like want to f- yeah. maybe flinch. It's the uh, so it's the French film that uh, that has features a vegan that goes cannibal, which induced a seizure at TIFF in 2016. Be, does it use strobing lights? Like, is it a Gasper no I think, film? I think or? it was something where... I, I haven't seen the film, so I what I've understood from people that were at that screening was that it was a very intense scene, and a person... Su- maybe it wasn't a seizure, but they suffered some kind of, like, health episode. Because wasn't there a Gasper no film that caused seizures as well? I think of uh, Enter the Void. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. They, they tried pulling that stunt with revenge. Right? It wasn't a stunt, though. And both times, they actually, like, said... Because, like, last, that was a person who suffered a seizure during revenge during that um, which you and I were at that and they actually had to like call an ambulance for that okay. which is why I got refunded the, that ticket for the night um, yeah or I was given an extra ticket because uh, the screening was interrupted really um, yeah so Lillian have you seen anything interesting since we last recorded um no not really not a, not anything I haven't been watching any movies lately yeah it's been a busy period for myself as well uh, what were you gonna say Kit didn't really have much. I was going to be like any TV shows, like a like a dumbass. No, no, so no. I'm sorry. No. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, my memory's failing me. But did I give a shout out to Cue the Winged Serpent the last uh, violent years? I don't think so. I think you did mention. Oh really? Because I, I saw that, that on Tubi. No, no, you you didn't wa- mention it because I was just editing that episode yesterday and there was no mention of Cue okay. the Winged Serpent. I would have remembered that on a different episode, I think. No, I, well, I watched it I think I mentioned recently. it. Yeah. Oh, you have... Oh, okay. So you watched yeah, it. Yeah, I caught yeah. it on Tubi. It was great. It's, uh, mm-hmm. I've been meaning to watch forever, but I almost anything yeah, directed by really Larry good. Cohen's great. I know. Michael Moriarty really owns that movie. Okay, so uh, I guess we'll go to okay. me. Um, yeah. I've, um, I haven't watched many movies either. I've only watched two since we recorded uh, Pune Fest, which was Albert Pune's Alien from L.A., which was a fun, fun movie. Mm-hmm which I didn't even realize got its own semi-sequel with his film Journey, Journey to the Center of the Earth the very following year. Uh, it features Kathy Ireland uh, in her first acting role where she plays a nerd? Um, uh, it's always weird when they cast a supermodel to play a nerd. Um, sorry, bikini model. Yeah. Um, there are some very smart bikini models. I know, she's smart. In uh, fact, I mean, I, it, it's a smart career to choose because you get the sun, mm-hmm. you, get, you get free tanning. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. you can read whatever you want because they're not, yeah. you know, there's a lot of downtime. What I what I what I meant is that her character plays a nerd, and I don't mean nerd in the like good way. I mean nerd in like glasses and bad hair. Oh, and bad shirts. But, but she's still a like super attractive woman. A, like a lab oh, yeah, in her basement way, or something. That's the that's the portrayal, right? Yeah. Anyway, so she goes down into and she everyone kind of makes fun of her because you never travel. She never does anything exciting, and then she winds up going to another dimension and comes back all like badass. It's really good. Mm. It's a fun movie. Wow. Um, and then I watched and then I watched uh, Class of 1999 Part 2 The Substitute. Um, I really love the Class of 1999 movies. Um, the first one is, is the better of the two. The second one clearly has a much lower uh, budget and it features the uncle from Step by Step the uh, Patrick Duffy uh, Suzanne Summers sitcom the one that lived in a van out in the yard. I feel like that kind of just blends with things like Family Ties. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. That was later than Family Ties. You're thinking Family Matters. Family Matters. Yeah, they were a, d- a double. Uh, step, step by Step and Family Matters were back-to-back on Friday nights. Oh, uh, okay. I'm sure yeah. I've watched it. Yeah. 
Um, and uh, it was a fun post-apocalyptic sort of movie about a robot, psychotic robotic teacher. Um, and then the big thing I watched was I actually watched the television series The Deuce, which is about uh, the evolution of the sex industry in New York City in 1971 as it's transitioning from peep shows and, well, it's the birth of the peep show and prostitution to pornographic films. Uh, it is uh, produced by, and it might sound salacious, it's actually not very salacious. We, we've talked about it on yeah. the podcast you, before. Watched, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's gritty as mm-hmm. Get all. As feck. As feck. We can get away with that. That's that's a that's a reference. The Irish F bomb. No, that's a reference to to Father Ted. The series they got away with saying the F word by spelling it F E C K. Feck. Um, and we're using it in a short film that Kit's acting in, along with Ermina Perez, um, to get away with saying the F word without actually saying it. I read a bit of one of them once. God, I couldn't finish it. The language, unbelievable. <laughs> It's a bit gritty, but that's the modern world, Mrs. Doyle. Uh, it was a bit much for me, Father. Feck this and feck that. <laughs> yes, Mrs. Doyle. You big bastard. Oh, dreadful language. You big hairy arse. You big fecker. Fierce stuff. And, of course, the F word, Father. Bad F word. Worse than feck. You know the one I mean. Yes, I do, Mrs. Doyle. F you. F your effing wife. Oh, I don't know why they have to use language like that. I stick this effing pitchfork up your hole. Oh, that was another one. Oh, yes. I see what you mean, Mrs. Dodd. Bastard this and bastard that. You can't move for the bastards in her novels. It's wall to wall bastards. Is it, Mrs. Dodd? Anyway. You fecker, you bollocks. Get your bollocks out of my face. I'm just um, but yeah, it's super gritty. I love the detail in it. They actually like had the marquees for the cinemas in Times Square from a very famous image of the grindhouses, which featured uh, Bern, uh, Bernardo Bertolucci's The Conformist and Dario Argento's The Bo- Bird with the Crystal Plumage, but it was spelt with an extra M, so it's spelt The Bird with the Crystal Plumage. Um, and they actually spelt it wrong, like just like they did in the, the photograph. On the, neon, on the neon sign, they spelled it wrong. Yeah, on the, uh, yeah, the marquee. So it's 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 fascinating how that happens, but it's it's a great, great uh, yeah. The series is really really good. Uh, I forgot that I was watching James Franco for a good portion of it. Double the Franco. Double the Franco. So, Double yeah. the fun. Um, I yeah, it was really good seeing um, the character, uh, the actor who played Frank Sabatka from season two of The Wire. Oh, son of a bitch! I can't remember come, his name. I know Chris Bauer. He was on episode yeah. Brooklyn Nine. Yes, Chris Bauer. But the awesome thing about Chris Bauer is he. It's also in True Blood, he, if anybody ever watched he that. He actually was the same age as the sons that he had in season two of The Wire. So he's one of those guys that aged early and then stopped because he looks the same, if not younger, than he did in The Wire 14 years ago. Um, and so that's pretty much all I've watched. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about Fatal Deviation. Um, the town of Trim, uh, or as it's known under its Irish term, Bally... At Troyum, which means Ford of the Elder Bushes, is a market town and seat of County Meath, Ireland, on the River Boyne. Uh, it was important from ancient times and was the seat of a bisphoric St. Patrick is said to have founded a monastery there in, 1430, in 432, which they actually shoot at, and which actually ties into the film because there are some monks in the film oh p.s shout out to ireland for legalizing abortion yeah way to go way to go welcome everyone. to the 21st century yeah. yeah good stuff um uh you're a move poland i love it phil you that cut you no, off no yeah. I, I was i was gonna make a joke but then i realized that it would get definitely get edited out 
I sometimes leave some stuff in. Abortion abortion jokes are tasteless, I think. Yeah. Good smart call, Phil. Yeah, smart call. Smart call. Save that one for put it in the bank. Mm-hmm. Oh no, they actually shot shoot at Trim Castle, which was built in eleven seventy-three. so yeah, lots of uh interesting stuff there. Fatal Deviation itself stars James Bennett, or as he prefers to be called, James Benet, who is an Irish uh native or I guess yeah, Irish native. Um, who is a uh, martial artist that really wanted to... He is, his idol was Jean-Claude Van Damme, and he really wanted to follow in his footsteps. There was a Asian um, action kung fu film in the late 90s that was looking for a uh, Caucasian lead, and he wanted to audition for it, but he had no, uh, no acting experience or nothing for his demo reel. So he decided, feck it, I'm going to make my own movie. Um, so they got some Super 16-millimeter cameras... And they actually cast one of the singers from Boyzone, uh, the Irish. Uh, they were not quite... You, you don't have to tell our listeners. Everybody knows nah. who Boyzone is. <laughs> Boyzone was the Irish boy band that was just after... That came just after New Kids on the Block and just before I think Backstreet it's like, Boys. I think it's like they were like contemporaries to take that. Like that yeah, yeah, yeah. They were they were a take that kind of kind of spinoff for Ireland. Um, and that guy's name is... No, but we'll be playing them under this episode. Of course I do. Mikey Graham is the name of the uh, the boy zone number that's in here. Um, so yeah, so it's it's uh, the interesting thing is that on day one the super sixteen millimeter cameras broke down, so they just started shooting it on the local cable uh, local television access networks SVHS camera. And yeah, we're gonna be I'm just a warning, guys. We're gonna be watching this in sub SD conditions uh, because it was the only way I could get a hold of it. Um, as the film is currently out of print, even in its uh, home country of Ireland. But we are in for a treat. Um, we're going to get to see a lot of a lot of fun stuff, and I'm just going to leave it at that. So let's see. Uh, James Benet, writer, director, actor, kicker in Fatal Deviation. Where where could we find a copy of Fatal Deviation? Um, you would need to go. Right now, actually, the whole thing's on YouTube. Um, and uh, there are still some physical copies floating around Ireland. It was put out on DVD in the early 2000s and was taken out of population when, in I think 2010 or 2012, it was put out earlier because like everyone involved was embarrassed by it. But uh, a Irish um, vlogger uh, discovered it and did a review and that kind of put it back on the national scene. And then they've actually since gone back to the town of Trim and like done reenactments and. And fun stuff. Um, so I just want to. Here's a little bit of uh, James Bennett's. Um, uh, he was interviewed during the production of this by the local news crew, and he said, "And I quote: In the future, Schwarzenegger, Stallone, they're getting too old. In the future, it'll be just me and Van Damme. And with that, the ageless Van Damme. The ageless Van Damme. And with that, I give you a fatal deviation. Heck yeah! We'll be right back." I'm not paying you to sit around here on your arse smoking. Oh, boss. You made me look bad, and that's not good. Meet me tomorrow by the Seven Oaks. Why? Because I'm going to work with you. <laughs> Why would I want to work with you, old man? Your father said that the first time I met him. What do you know about my father? Sense 
realize he's there. And he's the last person you'd ever expect. Expect the unexpected. In keeping with the ancient ways, there are no rules. Welcome back, Seagull. How did it go in Hong Kong? Everything is done. Good. I have another little job for you. Change clothes. Listen, I don't want him in this tournament, right? And kill that mad monk. We don't want to look bad in front of Mike. We gotta do our job. Don't be lucky for someone else. Now look here. I don't think the girl needs help across the road. Why don't you boy scouts go and play in the woods? You little... <laughs> My father. Now I want to kill you. But what about Nicola? We'll get her back. You're very brave to be harassing young women. And that was Fatal Deviation. So I just want to, before we get going, apologize to any of our Irish listeners. Because you're going to hear some really awful fake Irish accents. Top of the morning to y'all. We're going to butcher the shit out of it. <laughs> and you're also going to probably hear a lot of Irish stereotypes. This film doesn't help Irish stereotypes. There's a scene in a pub. There's monks. There's children. A scene in a weregram. In a pub. In a pub. In a pub. Okay, so... I don't know, where do we begin with Fatal Deviation? Or Fatal Deviation. That was amazing. I really, really enjoyed that. I did too, yeah. It was, I've, I've seen clips, I haven't seen the whole thing. Um, it's, it's great. Uh, I mean, Jimmy Bennett is no Van Damme. He's not even a Seagal, but he's, uh, he's a Jimmy Bennett for sure. Yes, Kit, you have something to say? He, uh, he makes a good face though. He does, he knows how to, to really, except he can't smile for to save his life. No, he can't. I would argue that he isn't. I thought he was really top-notch, and he really nailed. He studied these guys, and he lives and breathes these guys, and he really brought it. Right? You, Kit, you said in the beginning, how is this, how is this guy not a famous action action figure star? And I said, that's I what think, he I wants think, to know. I think that should be the question that we're trying how to answer. How is he not a famous action star? Why? Somewhat ironically. Somewhat in the irony perspective. Um, yeah, so. Yeah, because, like, he eventually, per- eventually perfects the splits. It takes him a while. Yeah. Considering how immobile he is. Mm-hmm. So, um, I guess I'll start off. The film begins in what I guess is James Bennett's actual bedroom, because he's got framed photos of Jean Claude Van Damme on the wall. Where next he, to the family photos. Next to the family photos, where he explains that he hasn't been home in ten years since his dad died. It's, it's uh, fully mulleted to Van Damme too. Yeah. We're thinking Hard Target is a it's, main inspiration for this film. Hard Target, Lionheart, Legionnaire era. era. That's right. That's right. Yep. Um, and Jimmy Bennett begins the walk from wherever he is staying to Trim. Very Rambo esque. Yeah. And then he gets back to the family homestead, which has been left to ruins. See, the question is, was that the fatal deviation? <laughs> what, leaving and going home? Yeah. Uh, this is a question I was asking myself throughout the whole film. I was like, every time there was a scene, I'm like, was that the fatal deviation? No, well, we learned that the fatal deviation is actually a martial arts combo yeah, in but the tournament. I, we never learned that in this film. 
Yeah, we learned that from you, Graham. No, no, the the monk starts to chant fatal deviation. Oh, they do deviation, fatal deviation. To which he breaks into this like. Okay, so in Street Fighter, it'd be like a sixteen-hit combo. Oh, okay, okay. A fatal deviation is is a real combo, but it's like a three-hit counter. But why is it called a fatal deviation? How do those two words have to do with punching someone three times in a row? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what this is. I, I think this is one of the many mysteries surrounding this film. <laughs> yeah. My hunch is that, uh, like, the the fighting is deviated so much that the person's response is like, oh, they don't know what's hitting them, and then, you know... That's it's, right, it's like switching styles from, like, tiger style to, to dragon style I, or something. I actually think the, the title sums up the film in that it's both uh, entirely unremarkable and dangerously underthought. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's unremarkable. It's definitely the, remarkable. But f- fatal deviation as a title, I think it sits oh, right in the pocket. Yeah, yeah as a title. And, but it's also dangerously underthought. Yeah, it definitely, it definitely feels like one of those like 90s actioners, like, you know, above the law or... Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised that Fatal Deviation isn't a Steven Seagal film. Or, uh, what was the other one you were, you were saying? I wasn't. Mm-hmm. Dangerously underthought. <laughs> dangerously underthought. Dangerously underthought. That could be I actually, I actually think that I think the reason why it wasn't used before is because devi- fatal deviation as those words, even though it's a real martial arts maneuver, um, it's not intimidating at all. It's like oh. fatal deviation could be like I turned up the thermostat to thirty three degrees. Yeah. I left. Shock, right? I left it's the like gas a, let running. me hit him with this. Boom 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 boom. Mm-hmm. No, but it's a deviation is a deliberate decision mm-hmm. to, to move change in a things diff, up, yeah. change things so it's like he just it's about people who suddenly change their mind and end up killing people is well, that what well, the film is about well, like oh i'm gonna kill somebody now yeah james bennett like, he starts committing murder very easily midway through the film yeah it it it, it really is it's it, like deviation it's not something you put a lot of thought into it's not fatal dissertation no, <laughs> that would be awesome. It's, <laughs> another film altogether. That's 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 Jimmy it's Bennett. Fatal deviation. Years. When you make a deviation, you at most put what three seconds of thought into it. So this is yeah. a movie about a guy who doesn't think very much about it, but kills some people. I I mean, and that's something mm-hmm. I liked about the film. They 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 did kill each other, but they didn't get too worked up about it. Yeah, everyone's kind of like also, well, also the fact that the gunshots weren't that impressive. The sound design throughout the film is is. It's pretty decent. I mean, some of the dialogue is kind of muddled, but then when it gets to the gunshots, it's all like pip, 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 Yeah, it's just paintball. Uh, yeah, paintball guns. The, the kicks and punches all had the exact same kind of tone to them as yeah. well. Yeah, during some of the fight scenes, it did start to sound like a bit of Morse code. Yeah. And to return to Phil's point, yeah, like it, um, the town of Trim also seems very unfazed by uh, all the killing that's well, happening. I think that's because they, they hold that tournament there every 10 years, the, uh, the yeah, Mayday uh, Underground uh, fighting tournament that everyone knows about in town. I, th- I, th- I mean, people are getting killed, but everyone's just getting kind of adequately excited about it. Yeah. But if everybody knows about it, what's the point of it being an underground tournament? Because maybe. that's what the script said it had to the, be. The children don't know about it, and some and of the women folk, can, maybe. Anybody, basically, who attends can jump guys, in on the fight. Guys, guys, is... Is this a fatal deviation? <laughs> sure. Um, but let's actually start talking about the plot of the film. So It at, was. It was. As we, was. We nearly destroyed the mm-hmm. podcast there. Yeah. Fatal deviation. I do kind of want to come up with, like, what's a better title for this film later on? Well, as, uh, as, as Phil 2 points out, our yes. hero fatally deviates back to his 
his hometown of Trim. <laughs> is that we're going to describe his walking? <laughs> he does do a lot of walking and running in this film. There's very few vehicles, and I can see why, because the one time he drives a car, he wrecks it. He also stands up on a motorcycle at one point. Uh, I think that he, was he a trick. He does wear uh, really appropriate walking pants, though. They are. They're very high-waisted. High-waisted. Lots of hip movement. Mm-hmm. Well, Phil, you're right in like trying to poke at the title and why it's named this way and the fatal deviation and all that. Um, he basically came back to his hometown for what? He was uh, obviously, he, there's still a bee up his bonnet about his father's passing and he's coming home to do something about it. I, yeah, well, the thing is... Instead of continuing on in his life wherever he was, yeah, doing whatever he was doing. We don't know doing. why he decided to leave. But he left. But he left. But he left. Wait, that he left to go back to his hometown? Yeah, he didn't. We didn't see him thinking very much about leaving. No, no, we did. He he said it in voiceover in the opening thing. Now I have to go back to find out what happened with my dad. Yeah, Yeah, but why? He reached that decision instead of going idly through life not doing something about it. He just deviated. No, no, no. He just was like, oh, now I'm going to find out what happened to my dad. It's like, I I could go back to my regular job. What I assume to be the case is that they were kind of thinking, okay, this guy, his father dies when he's a kid, so he gets sent away to a boy's home or something, and then he has to leave to go back. What happened to his his mother, by the way? He went to a reform school. Was it a reform school? It was, it was a reform school, yeah. I think that was just the he name. He was a reform school at the beginning of the movie. Like... Right, right, right. I think that was just the name of the school that they got. I think, I think it might have been... Immaculate Manception. Like his dad got kicked <laughs> so hard in the balls that he got pregnant. I think his mother just died during travel. I think it's an underthought plot point and you're thinking too much about it. <laughs> Dangerously yeah, underthought. Yeah, the point is that he was away for 10 years and now he's back because something something uh, awoke in him that he needs to come back and face what He wants what happened. to find out how his, his, his father died. Do but you guys as- remember how he w- came to this his abandoned home and he's like, Busting he bursts into it, yeah. He the breaks down the walls. You know, he's just like the Hulk all over the place. So he gets home to his uh, childhood home, which is a, I think, a farm that's been like on the outskirts of town that's kind of like fallen to uh, shambles in the 10 years since he's been there. I, I love how the stacks of hay are just kind of there they're still. Fine, when yeah. They're, yeah, they're fine. Mm-hmm. They haven't changed <laughs> one bit. <laughs> and they're still closing the drawers that have yeah. been strewn on the floor. So he goes, he opens up the door by breaking a lock with a rock. Goes inside, uh, writes a couple cheers. It's one of Put, the, the first of many rhyming things that happen in this mm-hmm. film. Breaks the thing is an rock, ongoing yeah. theme. <laughs> Puts a picture on the wall and then finds a statue of Buddha, which triggers his first flashback to his father. And Buddha, renowned martial artist. <laughs> <laughs> renowned Irish martial artist. Yes, Buddha. Um, uh, Buddha O'Shea, that is. And uh, he, uh, so he triggers a flashback where he, his, we learn that his father actually taught him martial arts. There are several more flashbacks throughout the film. I can't really remember where they all fall, but essentially we learned through that that he was bullied at school, so he doesn't like bullies, which leads us to our our next scene where he goes to buy some groceries, and there's a couple 40-year-old men that are hooliganing it up, like throwing around potatoes, taking bites out of buns. It's low-stakes hooliganism that's happening at this grocery store. Smashing eggs. At the best, they're a minor disturbance. Yeah, I mean, he was very polite to the guy that owned the grocery store when he was making the movie, and he was Mm -hmm. like, we won't mess it up too much. Don't worry. We'll just knock over some paper towels. We'll drop some eggs. Yeah, we'll clean it all up. Yeah, we'll pay for that carton of eggs. Yeah. (laughs) We'll throw some potatoes in. Yes, we'll get some potatoes, too. So, um... Five-second rule will be fine. But, uh, and so the thing is, Jimmy Bennett goes in, and he kind of, like, notices, hey, these two guys are, like, causing a ruckus. And then they go and harass our girl, um... Uh, Nicola, 
or Nicole, as she's known in real life. By the way, we should point out that all the actors in this film, their characters are essentially just their real names. So Mike Graham from Boyzone is known as Mikey Graham. Uh, James Bennett, or James Benet, is known as Jimmy Bennett. And uh, Nicola, or Nicole is known as Nicola. Now, um, Nicola is a stock girl at this grocery store, and she's just finished setting up some uh, paper towels, a big display. The yeah, a lot of work. Yeah, the hooligans. There's like eight high. Yeah, the hooligans go to like knock it over, and Jimmy Bennett comes in and says, "Hey, that's a lot of work there. Why don't you start acting like adults?" And then he kicks the uh, the oldest no, no, of the he two. Says, takes a real coward to mess with a lady or something like that. Yeah, takes a real coward. I think that was actually the best written line in the film. Yeah, there are some other good lines. What the feck was that? Is this is great? Lines, yeah. Oh, that was that was a great one. Um, so, but then he winds. He kicks the main bad guy in the balls, and then Roundhouse kicks him into the the uh, display of of toilet paper or paper towels, knocks it yeah, down. A, a hypocrite. No, no, it's okay He's, if he does it. It's oh not yeah, okay if those guys but, do uh, it because he was protecting her. He, he was doing it in love. Take note. Hold on, love. I'm actually gonna I'm gonna count. So that's one kick in the balls. <laughs> <laughs> There's probably Stay like tuned. four. I, I, I wrote four, them yeah. all down. Two. Remember when he grabbed the guy and flipped him I, over? I wrote grabbed every. Him by the balls? I wrote every single dick kick down. So <laughs> we'll track him. Gonna as be we dick go kiss, along. T- uh, dick kick city. Maybe someone can ring a bell or something. I'll add a bell and post. Um, so It'll be like the gong, like those transitions. Yeah. So anytime. <laughs> that's the other thing too. So anytime they cut to the main bad guy's lair, which is basically just a large house in trim. Where a, a, a beautiful old Irish man was running this horrible like crime syndicate that didn't really commit any crime that we could tell, other than they just didn't like Jimmy Bennett. There's a I, gong like from Enter the Dragon, like. Yeah. I, I love when he, we first meet this crime boss too. Like one of his henchmen are just like I don't know having a cigarette outside or doing some shit. Um, and then the uh, the old man comes out, points a gun right at his head, and says, and says I, "I'm not paying you to sit around. I'm paying <laughs> you to protect me." And then he hands, hands the, the gun. Aren't they? How can they be actively protecting him if he's not being actively threatened? Because you never know who's going to be. Well, it in yeah. the end, I don't know how bad someone he is might yet. make a fatal deviation, and mm-hmm. like Jimmy Bennett did. Yeah. Well, obviously, he's got a bunch of like monkeys working for him, right? So kind of seems I, like it. Yeah. I thought there, there was a trailer though that showed up earlier. Uh, that wasn't that's, the, the, no, that that's Mikey's trailer. That's Mikey's trailer. That's so where the not, old man was. It's not the old man's house. No. No, no, it's not the. It's, so, it's, so the old man's house is their HQ. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's the place that's slightly nicer than everywhere else. I, I don't think we ever get to see inside this this posh house. So we do. There's a couple of scenes inside, but you wouldn't know it's. We a don't posh know house. if it's inside because because it's not we that just nice. See the exterior and then I mean process of elimination, guys. Yes. Like where else would it be? That's the yes. only building exterior we see that would fit those interiors. Yes. So, anyways, um, we learn people are saying, like, "Oh, that Jimmy Bennett boy's back in town. His father was killed here." Um, so then we we pick up with uh, uh, Nicola Nicoletta Nick. What what do they call her? Yeah, Nicola? this movie does not pass the Bechdel test, by the way. No, it doesn't. Well, there's we we missed. There was a whole montage that happened. One oh, of him, many of yeah. him finding his dad's old karate. Right, that, he finds his happened. dad's old karate gi. Me pause, gi. Well, that was right away when he first got to the house. No, but that no, that's when he, he goes to clean it out and dusted it off, and he, this and he guy, remembered some more. He really like it's a fast-paced film, but mm-hmm. that's because he he instead of developing the plot, he just cuts between montages. So 
what happened was that's the second that's when he goes to clean up the barn after he's been throwing around some hay so he yeah. throws the hay like slightly further back into the barn he goes into the main part of the i guess the <clears throat> work shed and that's where he finds the box containing his father's gi oh okay okay but it was upon first coming to the house wasn't it that whole section there no i think that was after the, the um in between that Grocery store is in between. <gasps> that's right. There, that's right. He did is, kick yeah. some butt, and then he came home and found that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. I'm starting to feel like Nardwar here. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Passing my, my microphone back and forth. You guys remember Nardwar? Then, yeah. He's still on YouTube. Human serviette. Yes. Yeah. One thing I want to point out is that this is the, there's another film. There's sorry. There's another scene that comes right after this where, the, the, sorry. The only the only purpose of this next scene was to to have these two soft-spoken ladies sorry sorry the only purpose of this scene was to have these two soft-spoken ladies uh, sort of like talk about that jimmy bennett's back yeah because nicola I, is is waiting to, in line to get go to the atm um and w- this is preceded by so mikey graham the bad boy son of the of the gang leader he tells uh some men like go get nicola tell her that i wanted to come back here and so she leaves the, um, after hearing the, the girls talk about Jimmy Bennett being back in town, she leaves the ATM, starts walking down the street, and then his car starts following her. And she stops and looks, and then two hooligans jump out, and they're Mikey Graham's henchmen. And they hand her some flowers and say, like, come with us. And she's like, no, I'm done with that, you. It's very romantic. Very romantic and very yeah. forceful and rapey. Mikey's like, I really like this girl, so I'm going to get these two mean-looking guys Mm-hmm. To stalk her with their car and give her flowers. That'll win her over. And then, just as things are getting heated, they turn around and Jimmy Bendit is there. And he says... He comes out of nowhere, Out of too. nowhere, yeah. I know, which is awesome. And he says, why don't you two Boy Scouts leave? Like, she doesn't need any help crossing the streets. So why don't you two Boy Scouts go back to the forest? Which is not a great line. And then he proceeds to just kick the crap out of them. He knocks them one over a wall. He jumps over the car. He, like, kicks another guy in the face. And then she says, thank you. And he's like... Yeah. And then yeah, I know picks, what it's like to be bullied. This is a strange decision for his character, but he actually picks up the flowers and takes them home. Yes. Yeah. Doesn't yeah. give them to her. She goes home. She goes her own way. But then she, yeah, he walks her across the street, and then later on that night she comes by. She bikes on her bicycle and uh, gives him a pie and then leaves. That's like the she one scene. She hands him a pie. But it's a shit-looking pie, too. It's it's like a flat. It doesn't. It looks like a cookie. Yeah. Less maybe like a pie. Maybe it was a big cookie. That's nice, too. She said, I baked you a pie. Look, uh, it was a I gotta cookie. go. Was like literally the next And he's like, can I see you again? She's like, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> that was the only scene that kind of reminded me of the room where someone walks into a house, says hey, and then turns around and leaves quickly. So then uh, our main bad guy is told that, hey, Jimmy Bennett's back in town. And he's like, ha, wouldn't that be ironic? The son of the man I killed working for me. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> Bring not, him in. It's less ironic than, than the Alanis Morissette song. <laughs> And um, so then Jimmy Bennett is working out in his Gold's Gym, uh, like, get up, doing pull-ups and push-ups and stuff. And then these two guys come and say, hey, come with us. They bring him at gunpoint well, you, You're forgetting there was, there was a lady on a bike montage that happened in we there. We just discussed that. She brought, the, she brought the pie. Oh, she brought the pie. This was the lady. Okay. It was, I, I skipped was, over a lot of it. It was, a, like, this movie knows how to extend sequences. So that whole bike riding montage took forever. A lot um, of montages. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm She's actually behind in my notes here. Yeah, I know. She had There's to a lot of road in this careful. movie. A lot of road. Trim has a lot of road. A lot of road and trim. Oh, yeah, yeah, the, hooli- the hooligans. The hooligans go, and they bring Jimmy Bennett to the boss. Yes. And the boss offers him a job. Yes. He's like, ooh, that's a twist. Mm-hmm. And then he leaves, and the hooligans like, 
why did you offer him a job? He's the bad guy. And the bo- and the, the, the dad, the boss, crime boss, boss is dad. like, you never know what could happen on the job. That's a, something Mike. Yeah, yeah. Something, yeah, because Mikey is saying, why do you want... I, you could get hurt. Maybe yeah. that would be the fatal deviation. That could be it. Um, so then, and I, he also says the line like, hey, Jimmy, did you see all those fancy cars outside? This job pays well. I love how that's how they did it. Oh, I thought you were going to bring up the fact that he's like, go think about it. I'll think about it. And then he turns think, and leaves. Think it over and get back to me. Think it over and get back And then JB's just let, he's allowed to leave. I'm like, yeah. you know, you, you could have just killed him. You know this guy's the Jean-Claude Van Damme of this film, right? Yeah, like. Bad things they, are going to happen if you just let him walk out the door. You, you're, you're two hooligans, point a gun at him, and he goes with them. And now you're in a secluded location, and you're like, maybe I'll kill him later. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> yeah. Because outright murder, it would have to be an accident. But we see that a lot in this film. It's kind of a recurring theme. Um, where I, people set up meetings and stuff, but then when you get to the meeting, it's just like, I'll tell you about that secret thing later. It's like, well... <laughs> yeah, it's like when you're talking to your friend, oh my god, you know what happened? Oh, I'll tell you later. Have we have we met the mysterious Mad Monkey That was going on a lot yet, in this movie. Oh, so what'd you so, want to uh, meet me about? Oh, I'll tell you later. So, yeah, so, th- so this boy, I guess. So this monk is kind of like in um, in Asian Hong Kong films. I guess he'd be a Shaolin monk. In North America, he's the Obi Wan Kenobi type. Yeah, in this film, it's the kind that brews a lot of beer. Yeah, <laughs> it's the drunk. Uh, so we again, we don't want to cast any aspersions, but this man is clearly a very drunk monk. In well, Ireland, you know, he, he wasn't like, drinking once. He hosts a fight kept trying to, like, in a wine cellar, and he kept trying to poke Jimmy Bennett with sticks. <laughs> and the audience on, looks like they were rounded up from the local pub. Yeah. So, anyways, we gotta get back you to this. Try, you try hopping over fire like thrice in ten seconds. He didn't hop over fire. He just kicked close to it. So let's go back to. I know he swung sticks on fire. That's true. Um, yeah, this monk just loved messing with Jimmy. So uh, the monk shows up and tells it like uh, appears out of nowhere, and he's like. Meet me at mid- mid- midday tomorrow, and I'll tell you about your father. And we'll begin. Oh, we'll start training. I've, I've got to describe this monk, though. He's got this uh, this yeah. kind of scraggly gray beard. He's long, got, he, long. He also gray has beard. the yellowing around the yeah, lip that yeah. shows that he's either smoking or drinking a lot. And he's of got like soup. this beautiful brown chestnut brown it's hair. Very, that- <laughs> like it's very monk, you know. The capuchos, you know, where they have the. It looks like he's wearing a hood at all times because his hair is that color. Yes. It looks like he's wearing a cap. But he's not. That's the color of his hair, and his beard is all white. And I think Kit described him as being drunk Gan- Gandalf. He just yeah. loves to poke Jimmy with sticks. Um, so, anyways, he sh- uh, Jimmy meets him at midday the next day, and he's like, round. "What are you going to do?" He's like, "Well, you should play. You should fight in this tournament. See you tomorrow." And he's like, "Wait, my training begins tomorrow." Yes. Then why do I meet you at midday? Expect the unexpected. Oh, do describe the the scroll. The that, scroll, uh, <laughs> the wonderful ancient mystical scroll that was a it, a image of a was, scroll printed on a piece of paper. It was like it was like a dollar store discount sheet of paper. It, it was something you could find in like Microsoft Word, like back a Word Perfect nineteen ninety seven. Yeah, if you want to waste the color ink. Mm-hmm. You guys are jumping Otherwise, ahead, though. You go to your local dollar month- store and you find a sheet of paper with a scroll on it. And they rolled this up like scrolls, <laughs> yeah, and then unroll them. Yeah, like but that. it's it's a regular eight and a half by eleven sheet yeah. with a picture of a scroll, like a with like, like a like a stock a illustration image of a scroll like on it that they rolled up scroll. like a scroll. I know, it's, yeah, and, and like, they rolled it up like a scroll, and then they put like the the like 
you know, if you type in Irish in the default system fonts, that's the like font it, that that's the up. font on it. This like, is in like, Corel Draw or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So here's yeah. what I gotta say: it, that 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 usage is so on the nose that I think it might be intentional of how ridiculous it is. Okay. Because you've already got monks in Ireland. Ireland holding a secret underground martial arts tournament every May, every, every ten years in May. Yeah, and and all the music, it's like literally like it's a indie demo CD mm-hmm. he got in a parking lot, and the and 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 the and the keyboard demos. Yeah, that you can just like you press the button on the keyboard and it plays a song. That's the entire yeah, soundtrack of the much. film. I yeah, he might be onto something. And did you notice that there are no formal hammers in the movie? The Gandalf. Everyone Mark. uses rocks. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah, Gandalf uses drunk Gandalf used a rock to, to, to nail post the scroll, it up on up, on which up. he nailed the top and then rolled the bottom down as if it was a tightly wound <laughs> scroll that he had like you know made this scroll from you know the inside of a sheep's stomach that he then scrolled on with a. Uh, it's it's so easy to make those scroll, but we did it in grade nine, like you know, know you, to, you, to make the fake scroll yeah. and you stain it with tea and you stuff it, like I that. Know. But but you know what? Literally, Guess what? We just need a bag of tea. <laughs> but these are 20th century monks. Like they know what's up. They have a laser printer. Yeah. <laughs> None of that Doc Matrix crap for them. But no hammers. <laughs> they, they know how to use a Microsoft Word template. Mm-hmm. So after I think. This is before the first training montage, before the date montage, before the second training montage, before the second date montage. He, <laughs> Jimmy Bennett, back to back. which are back to back to back to back. <laughs> Jimmy Bennett decides, hey, I'm going to, you know, go down to the local pub and have a pint of Guinness. So this pub in the middle of the day has two bouncers in front of it that say, nah, you're not coming in. He's like, what did I do? I did nothing. I just wanted to get a drink. They said, nah, you're not coming in. That's actually something else about this film. It was entirely. You're not coming in and that's that. Yeah. This film was entirely day shoots. Yeah, because of lighting. Except- I would love to see their production schedule. It was probably like clean. Yeah. Just eight hour pristine. days, five yeah, days a like, week. Yeah, probably for maybe maybe a week and a half tops. Yeah. Yeah. Um, get so- them in, get them out, shoot a film. Yeah. I don't think anybody quit their day job making this movie. <laughs> no. Oh, so it was weekends. Probably weekends probably for weekends. a couple months. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but it is Ireland, so the weather is a little tricky. But it's it's overcast, so it's consistent. Yeah, consistently flat lighting. Yeah, like which is very good for late '90s SVHS video. Yeah, and you know what? I also noticed that that I don't know if it was the transfer or the mm-hmm. tape or the camera, or whatever. But <laughs> those greens are super green. Yeah, yeah, it's almost racist. <laughs> <laughs> Take it away, kid. Um, so I don't, I don't know what I'm taking away. Well, I'll set it up here. So he oh, goes, okay. the he pub, gets, right he the gets pub. into the pub, and then he uh, no, 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 he doesn't just get in. He kicks he, his ass. He no, he does. He he does a running double flying kick to the two doormen and kicks them. And it's like, dude, you're in Ireland. There's more than one one pub per town. So he goes into the pub. Well, I guess we're to believe in Trim that there's this one. Pub it's one pub that, that everyone they all goes want to go to. to. And, and literally, that one pub does contain every bad guy and every extra in the film because they get recycled. Thus, the two bouncers at the front of this tiny yeah, but little it wasn't, pub. Of there was still seating available. That's the crazy thing. Like this pub was not packed. Well, it was the bad guys' pub. Pub. Sorry. And I love how pub. he 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 kicks these bouncers, he knocks them out, and that's and no that's it. Repercussions. They're just like, oh, we've been beaten. It's not like in uh, uh, From Dusk Till Dawn where they, they beat come up back the bouncers in. and then the bouncers come back in and eventually the and there's consequences yeah. to pay. No. So he goes inside, sits down, orders a drink, and then one of um, the uh, the bad guys, henchmen, orders a drink as well. The uh, bartender gives it to the waiter. The waiter brings it over. He puts it down and then he accidentally knocks it over. 
and the, the bad clumsiest guys, way possible. Clumsiest, I was almost with the bad guys on this. It's one. like you did that on purpose. <laughs> yeah, like, you, come on. Well, it was done on purpose because how else would he would we get that plot point? So then the uh, bad guy like pushes him back. And he falls down, and Jimmy Ben's like, hey, why don't you go over there and apologize? Yeah, that, that's a bit too far. That's a bit too but far. No, I, I think that's appropriate. <laughs> yeah, and then and then the bad guy's like, no, I'm not, not apologizing. And Jimmy Bennett proceeds to, like, bash his face in and then smash his head off he, of the table. He enters into a literal down. blood rage. Yeah. Over a spilled drink. Yeah. And then, so everyone, he gets attacked, he gets thrown into the bat, like this, th- he gets thrown into the bathroom, he kicks his way out of the bathroom, he comes in, he gets thrown onto a pool table, he uses a pool... Uh, sorry, billiards table, and he uses a billiard ball to smash a guy's head in. In his defense, it was that other guy who started a bloodbath over a spilled drink, Phil, too. He, he started the bloodbath over the spilled waiter, basically. Yeah, but even that wasn't, it was more of a shove than a bloodbath. I know, it was the, it was the lamest, yeah. like... We get a POV as Jimmy Bennett is, like, pushing... It was still very rude. It yeah, was totally rude. rude. And you know what, Jimmy Bennett was correct to ask him, the guy, to apologize... But he was not correct in bashing the guy's face off of the table. Are you kidding me? Since since their first our first bit of action from him in the supermarket with those two guys, uh, he's got a short fuse. This Jimmy Bennett, yeah, he really yeah. does. He's wound so tightly. Like that's not my first drink think, out. I think it's understandable because yeah. as as we discover, he's 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 gone back to Trim to find out and the, uh, the secret. Everyone, and the secret of his father's death works for the bad guy who killed his father. Right, but uh, he goes back to find the secret of his father's death, and as we realize, the secret of his father's death was always known to him he just repressed the memory Mm -hmm. was that what happened i think so like he goes to find the monk to tell him about his father but he he really but he he doesn't know that the monk knew his father the monk found him oh the monk monk was watching him yeah and the the monk's teasing him with like i I know about your father let me tell you about him and then eventually it turns out that the monk was much like obi-wan kenobi trained his father in kung in karate like many years ago it's not about taunting him it's about making sure he's in the right mind to keep coming back to the monk and you know like to to he needs to see that he's persistent enough to want to fight this battle well, i think one mm-hmm. of their uh, their first exchanges is pretty pretty cliche dialogue where it's like um he's like i want nothing to do with you you crazy old man and then the monk's like that's exactly what your father said yeah. the first time i talked to him kit's getting the irish accent award tonight it, it's getting better and better <laughs> i mean he was a police officer seamus oh seamus Undercover police officer. Shameless, oh, shameless. In what movie again? Jimmy Two Jokes and the Defective Detective. Woo! Um, so anyways, yeah, the bar fight just goes on and on and on until eventually the bartender pulls a gun on Jimmy and he's like, get the hell out of here, you tully arse little bastard. Or no, <laughs> you little tully arse bastard. And then Jimmy Bennett just pulls the gun out of his head, hands, hits the bartender, the bartender falls down, he points the gun at him and then he goes, feck you and your gun. And throws the gun at him and then leaves the bar. And it's like, Wow. You're in trim for one day, your first time going to a pub, and you... And first time going to a grocery store. Your first time going to a grocery <laughs> store, and you just... Your like default, it. like, reaction <laughs> default to every to human being, <laughs> every human being, is to just kick them in the face, or call, or... Yeah. He's basically appealed himself to one woman. <laughs> and that is the woman for him. <laughs> That's right. Um, so then, after this, we see the guys from the pub go to the to the old man, and it prompts like the greatest reaction in the entire film. We all died laughing. It was the old man turns and looks directly into the camera and says, "What the f- is this?" Um, <laughs> like a spin and like yeah, yeah I'm perfect. referring to a bruise on one of his henchmen's face. Yeah, a minor bruise on the face of, yeah. of one of the henchmen, and I'm, I don't mind. I know I cursed there, but I'll be bleeping that out. Um, and what the feck is this? What the feck is this? Um, 
We're using feck as in like uh, Father Ted F E C K. Feck this and feck that. Wasn't he like staring into a bouquet of flowers? Yeah, he was like trimming a he little. He was. Bouquet. Yes. He was making an arrangement. <laughs> yeah, he was trimming a bouquet of flowers and then spun around. What the feck is this? And we all laughed. It was great. Um, so then it turns out that Jimmy Bennett's there, and they're like, "Okay, let's start messing with Jimmy Bennett." Um, and then I think then we have a training montage, and then we have the the horse date montage. Whoa, whoa, whoa. No, Bef- no, right before we have, then we have. Um, is who, that the Funland um, montage? The Funland montage happened. The Funland montage, which was horrifying. Yes, happened um, a, a lot earlier. I. In the film, it was uh, that, that sort of like bad VHS slow mo. Yeah, yeah. So was... the Funland montage, they go to like a local fair, which is not that impressive. It's uh, it was com- on old school wrestling uh, podcast. They refer to it as comparable to Father Ted's Tunnel of Goats because um, they go to like a bad fair in Ireland. Which I've been to some bad fairs on the East Coast, and it was brought back memories. Yeah, it, it's like it's like mm-hmm. the biggest Ferris wheel that'll fit on a flatbed. Yeah, it's. <laughs> It's like it's like three things that unfold out of trailers yep. and like maybe a dunk tank. Yeah, maybe if they can find <laughs> the water. But there were bumper cars. Yeah, so in the bumper cars, they like it's a long bumper car scene, and then they start slowing it down, and it becomes like a David Lynchian nightmare <laughs> because they just slow the they slow the, the video a, down so much it becomes so effect, distorted. It's the same effect you get when someone drinks tainted water. Yeah, or something like someone's been poisoned. Or but like, this is like a good time date montage, and then. Yeah. The camera pans up to like this like electric disco ball that's just pumping out colors and distorted images. And just when you almost can't stand it too much, it cuts to a training montage. You almost expect Laura Palmer's face to just kind of materialize. Yeah, you expect like a fox to appear on screen and goes Chaos (laughs) It's one of those dollar store disco balls as well. Yeah. Like I have in here. But not that like that. It's an electric it's a light. But we do, uh, I think right around here we get uh, a little bit more detail on the Mikey Graham-Nicola relationship. He calls her up and he's like, how come you're not spending time with me? I don't understand. Mm -hmm. And she's Uh, like, I don't like you. And no, no, like, she, that's not no, possible. she defers. She's like, uh, oh, I'm just, oh, oh, I've I've just been, been busy. busy. I've been you know, busy. That, the grocery store, it's such a, a dangerous business. Like, I, And he's like, well, I think you should move in with me. And she's like, oh, I don't know his, if I'm ready. His initial question was, you really, like, uh, don't leave it. You really, uh, you really softened it up. But his real question was, why aren't I seeing you naked? He's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, I've been busy. That's pretty much it. She's like, I realize I went down to that well once and that once was enough. Um, so anyways, um, what happens next? Are we or training montage or date montage? We, uh, they kind of coincide, but we immediately find out that she's not too busy for Jimmy. Oh, right, because this is when they go on their they horse. They start walking through the woods, and what? then... Um, oh, and that's when the monk shows up again, right? I think this discussion is emblematic of the whole movie. I think many of the montages were just, frankly, interchangeable yeah. in this film. It could, many things could have happened in almost any order. Anything to, to help it reach 75 minutes, including credits. <laughs> And outtakes, which we and outtakes. Get to. Oh, the outtakes were the brilliant. outtakes were the best part. Um, so we see uh, a horseback riding montage. We're treated to a, some no. bagpipe music. Bagpipe music that was pretty good. Yep. During the during one of the fight montages, which is yeah, interspliced train. with the so the the first fight montage mm-hmm. with the bagpipe. Yes, is uh, with this rusty old bagpipe that the uh, the uh, crazy the monk, monk plays. plays. Um, that's interspliced with the first horse riding date. 
Right, montage. the horse riding date, yeah. And so that kind of goes back and forth, mm-hmm. and then it switches to, I guess, a second date where they're in a castle and chasing each other around. That's that's actually the same location. They were riding a horse in front of the castle, and then... And there was some rock yeah. throwing. Let's and there was, oh yes, they go to a stream, or a creek, really big as one. Kit says. And like they're like skipping stones, and then she just grabs a giant rock and throws it in to prove a point of like... I think that was the filmmakers, if they were smart, saying... Jimmy is a little inexperienced with girls, and he's just like, "Oh, look at these little stones I'm throwing." She's like, "Here's a big giant rock. Take a hint, buddy." Look, looking at Bring my notes, home. this montage might have been his most ambitious montage because it incorporated the training, the yes. girlfriend, and the father flashback. Right? There's I a don't think he flashback. did that again in the film. Just mixing no, all three he, montages. Yeah, he, he montaged in his montage. And the point is, he's too fixated on you know working and kicking butt. Oh, is this? For, sorry, I think is the is the second montage where we get the feeling song. Yes, that's later on. It, and it's all set to this, like, sort of soft-spoken, yeah. like, indie rock. When I touch your hand. <laughs> when I see her smile. When she looks me in the eye. And I know I'm her guy. I made that up, but it's good, right? No, that... The hook in the song was, this is happening to you. And it indeed was happening to This him. is happening to you. <laughs> So, um, they're having the horseback riding, then they park it by the road, uh, and have some picnic, or something. Yes, and this... And he says, tell me something about you. Yeah, well, after several montages where they've been getting to know each other, so it's it's funny that he doesn't but know But then she mentions, her. it's been her, a crazy past few her, days. <laughs> her, no, no, her response was, he says, he says, tell me about yourself, and then she says, not much to tell. <laughs> yeah. And after we learn through another it's montage... Funny. Oh, so the, there. Uh, okay, I just looked at the actual. Oh, fatal remember? Deviation. The, I think one of the most, the, the best thing about this picnic was the, the spread. Yeah, it was scattered some loose fruit oranges, and, and some bananas, cups. one pear, yeah. overturned cups, and a small cup of strawberries. Which, and she feeds him a strawberry, and it's the most grossest thing I think I've seen in any film, including Society and Cannibal Holocaust. And and then. Hooligans on motorcycles. Yeah, the hula- So, um, Mikey Graham realizes that hey. This Jimmy Bennett and Nicola actually might like each other, so he's like, "Go get your lads on motorbikes and go chase them down. Yeah. Bring bring Nicola to me, Nicola to me, this, this and is... kill Bennett and kill the monk. Yeah, kill the mad kill monk. The bad kill the this, mad this monk. This is exactly where the film takes a <clears throat> fatal deviation. Oh, snap. oh, you got it. Um, so because murders start happening. Yes, quite quickly, murder. Um, so then. So the best thing about this is that we realize that they are having a picnic on the side of the road. However, the dirt bike riding um, <laughs> latchkey, like <laughs> dirt bike riding latchkey kids, latchkey. Oh, I was gonna say I don't. Know, I was looking for the wrong term. Hun- henchmen, lackeys. There we go. That's what lackeys. But they go through the forest. They go through the forest. The thick brush. Through, yeah, I know. Like not even like on groomed trails. Like they're like they're struggling. Hard. I know. They're going like you ride a motorcycle to be fast. These guys are like going like maybe three kilometers an hour. Just like I can't get over this hill. And then you just get make it to the side of the road. Yeah. No, yeah. but no, but the two out of the three guys. The riding the motorcycle, motorcycle. motorcycle. is so yeah. hard. Two out of the three of them get off, get off their and bikes, walk. <laughs> and walk. The third one gets kicked in the face. Well, that's one of those practically doing yoga, trying to get his bearings, yeah. trying to find that quietness. The best thing is, so so as they're having this romantic interlude, these very loud dirt bikes start vrooming up, 
and Nicola doesn't hear anything and Jimmy Bennett's like close your eyes and she's like why just close them and he pulls out this little flower a fleur if you would and like you feel like he's gonna kiss her but then he just straps the flower and runs into the woods to go confront the, the dirt bike riders and she opens her eyes she's like where did he she's go like, where did he go and then she just picks up a flower he, I think I think JB might be hearing impaired I would because really? he did not hear those bikes coming I think until like no, the no, no, last no. second I think, I think well, the girl think might be hearing impaired the girl more, too oh, yeah maybe yeah, this yeah. is if anyone the girl sure. <laughs> that explains the dialogue they're listening, to, the they're listening to all that like oh, not like late 90s out. Irish yeah. trance music just like with their heads against speakers just thump thump <laughs> thump 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 um anyway so then uh Jimmy Bennett kicks the crap out of like two guys he he hops on a motorcycle or on one of the dirt bikes, which has a helmet. And he tosses the helmet. He looks at the helmet and then throws it at the henchman that he just beat up. As in, screw you, I don't need your helmet. <laughs> I don't need your damn helmet. Let me head your helmet. He took out like four helmet. guys at this point, then steals their bike, uh, and gets goes back to get the girl. How did he end He ended up with a gun, too. He, he stole it, he, he stole to pull it out of the back, guys. so the, the bad guys had their gun tucked into the back of their pants, and he like just whipped it, ripped it out from behind them. So he rides the motorbike down, gets he Nicola. He did the classic tap on the shoulder, get the guy. <laughs> Oh, yeah. turn around he's like hi I'm gonna kick like he literally but it wasn't even by surprise he tapped him on the shoulder the guy turned around like you're the guy I'm here to get and then Jimmy kicked him in the face and it's like I just tapped you so that you would know what would happen before it happened you were warned yeah um and then he um he uh he mounts the dirt bike he goes and gets Nicola and then they ride off while all of a sudden a much onto bigger the road yeah they just go the road, to the road which is literally two feet from their picnic table two feet like if you think if they could Blanket. get to the road with the dirt bike bike mm-hmm. the bad guys could have gotten from the road with their dirt yeah. bikes very easily very easily but they didn't and then all of a sudden they're being pursued Not by a lot a of other test. bad guys he lets off nicola who just stands there by the road and doesn't even like run and hide and then she gets picked up by a bunch of two motorcycle well, guys she gets kidnapped at yeah. gunpoint um he starts just shooting people in cars yeah he gets a, he just starts firing he murders about three people in yep. the sequence although some of them are shooting at him and some of them could just be motorists he doesn't know yeah and he's trying to recreate uh, a certain action sequence in hard target yeah the one where van damme uh rides the motorcycle like a surfboard he hops up onto it but it's clearly like he's standing in the back of a pickup truck or something yeah um still cool though guys that was a cool scene it was cool i mean here's oh, the thing very well done Here's the thing, Jimmy Bennett is a good martial artist, and I think in, if he had, like, in the hands of a capable filmmaker other than himself, and maybe some better uh, stuntmen, he could he could have had, like, a good run at, uh, at being Ireland's uh, JCVD. He's a, he's a better actor than Steven Seagal, for oh, example. Oh, yeah, he's way better than Steven Seagal, for sure. <laughs> this is the word of the bar set. <laughs> yes. It goes... And so the, the girlfriend got kidnapped. Yep. And, and then Jimmy, like, fights off a bunch of the guys... And, and then the girlfriend gets taken to Mikey. To Mikey's and shitty trailer. And with Mikey says to... Dish I, towels and socks hanging from a clothesline inside the trailer with a green... Uh, what's that? The pine-scented uh, air freshener hanging from the center of the trailer. There are trailer. two pine-scented air fresheners yeah, must, hanging. It must stink yeah, in there. You're going to want those, yeah. And he's yeah. wearing his... Dirty his, trailer. His, uh, his wife beater. His wife beater, tank top, whatever you want to call it. It smells like a locker room in yeah. there. Yeah. Mikey says one of the greatest lines in the film, which is, "You made me look bad, and that's not good." <laughs> you made me look bad, and that's not I good. Care. Who did he say it to? That was he it? said it to Nicola. It to Nicola, because, because Nicola the, turned him down and then started dating yeah, that the boys. Uh, the, the boys bring her back to to Mikey's trailer. 
Yeah. Bring it back to the boy zone. And meanwhile, <laughs> and meanwhile, JB just he goes, goes home, home, and like finds his an, girlfriend gets kidnapped, and he just goes. He's like, shit, home. what do I do now? So he goes home. Has another f- montage, a little memory montage yeah, little of memory them having ma- sex. Apparently, apparently yeah, they, they did apparently, that. Yeah, as he's walking home, well, they, he like, finds the note, so he has the, to leave yes, the house. So he has to go. Well, doesn't the monk say you'll get her, you'll save her after the, you'll save her with the tournament? Yes, but that's still a few minutes down the road. So he goes home, sees the note, runs into the woods, comes across the henchman, and just randomly oh, please, going after. Please the, describe what the note says. Oh, we're gonna get there. Don't worry. So he sees the note. Runs into the woods where he finds the henchmen and lackeys randomly trying to kill the monk. He fights them off. The monk gets in a couple shots. And then they sit down on a rock together. He's like, Nicola has been kidnapped. And the monk's like, oh, you get her later. And then, <laughs> and then, uh, and then he like says, no, you don't understand. And he passes him the note. And the monk unfurls the note. And it should say, lose or else. But it says, loose. Or else, it's great. They that was a close up. They could have reshot an insert of that, fixed it like years later. They could have fixed it, but they didn't. They included a close up of it saying "loose" or else. Maybe they just want him to loosen up because he's an uptight guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. loosen up. Yeah, you're. Or I, I figure like they're just they made the mistake, but then afterwards they're like, well, maybe this shows the unintelligence of and Mikey and his henchmen. Here's the thing, though. That's like one of the few actual intent, like unintentional gaps of the film. Because even though the film. Directing wise, acting wise, story wise, isn't necessarily all there. Pretty much all a gaff. All a gaff. But the thing is, there's no like boom mics and shot. There's no, I mean, the eye lines are all over the place. But there's no like. They don't do the 30 degree rule or anything. They don't don't ever really violate the 180 degree rule. Um, Like, there is some competency here. I just feel that they like needed a little bit more. I think, I think at this point, the looser else note. At this point, the the monk tells him... Oh, yeah, I knew your father. I trained your father. I trained your father. And then he says, if you win the tournament... You will break their power. Yeah. So this is where we learn where how he he's going to get her back. And it's that long he's, montage before he's imagine he's remembering he, all their times together. He, he's he's not going to get Nicola back song. by getting her back. He's going to get her. He's going to get her back by fighting this monk's shitty tournament. Yeah. So here's the other thing too. This tournament is kind of like a combination of the Highlander and Mortal Kombat. So it's like. When you win this tournament, not only will you have, like, restored the power to trim from these evil bad guys, but you also gain the power to uh, save your girlfriend. <laughs> it's, it's a tournament. This tournament. Sorry. It's a tournament fought in a, in a wine cellar. Yeah. With, with an audience called like, from the local pub. Yeah, and they're all like, kill them, murder them. To, um, to win ultimate power over the town of Trim. Yeah. By the, the way, film. in this town of Trim, there's no police whatsoever. Oh, all these gun- there was a huge epic gunfight after the tournament. Not a single policeman was there. They can't, they can't afford Everyone that. in town like, knows about this tournament. The cops never showed up to be like, hey, cut this out. Okay, so at this point, we cut to... This is the montage you were telling us about, yep. but when he's fantasizing. Uh, oh, yeah, with the... With the well, I don't even know if he's fantasizing or remembering, but uh, yeah. like, he takes Nicola's bra off, and she's... she's There's some lovemaking going on. But also, interspliced amongst this, and I think it's been we teased out a little bit before, he's... Uh, his, it's, it, it's his da, his dad. Da, his da. Um, <laughs> meditating... <laughs> yeah, sex montage. Yeah, you're going to want to join those up. Uh, meditating in front of a fire, and then doing some push-ups or something like that. Yeah, and then... And then some mysterious figure comes in with a... Hidden cane sword, saw, cane sword, cane sword, mm-hmm. and um, he, like he's gonna strike it on his head, and we and can see his head off. Little uh, Jimmy Bennett, little watching. Jimmy Bennett, seeing little out of the crack, Bennett. and he can't quite, he can't quite remember who, who did it, 
who is swinging it. This is the most obvious freaking mystery because we've already been told. I know. The guy actually said himself, <laughs> wouldn't it be ironic? The son of the man I killed working for me. And then Jimmy's like, I don't know who it is. And like, but they're trying to hide it from the audience, but we, the audience, know. It's a feeler. You yeah, it's a, that shit's gonna go down, and so there's some pumping they, going on. They pretty yeah. much they, this is the 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 first of two, but they pretty much recap the entire film in this montage. Yes. In addition to a sex scene that we haven't yet seen <laughs> that we didn't know happened. Yeah. So what? My question they didn't is: kiss and tell. Is they, I don't think they kissed at all. Is this a all. sex scene or? Is these intersplicing yeah. fantasy? It might be. It might be a bit of both. It might be a better representation of what actually happened. It. Well, uh, like she brings the pie over in real life. Yeah, <laughs> I saw it as it happened, and he's just remembering. I don't think it was a fan. So this, I agree. This, I think is, it this happened. happened. But when did did this happen with the pie? Did this happen? I think, at no, no. I thought it happened between the horseback riding and the the picnic cabin. It's a way to show come, that deep thing pulling him over towards her. He wants to save her. A love, if you would. He loves her. He loves her. Because he can't fight this feeling anymore. To quote Ario Speedwagon. The lyrics were, this feeling inside. This feeling inside. This feeling inside. (laughs) As I touch her hand, she looks me in the eye. And then finally, this is when he makes his crucial choice. He goes back to the monk who's offered to train him. Or offered to tell him what to do or something. And he says, okay, what's the plan? He's like, go fight in the tournament. And then there's another montage. And then this this is when we meet mm-hmm. Seagull. Oh, Seagull. Who arrives by plane from Hong Kong, but it's just like the a little... tiny uh, propeller plane. Tiny propeller a tiny two-man plane just, from Hong just Kong. Just a, a, you know, one-prop Cessna. It's something that would get you from Toronto to Mississauga, but not back. <laughs> and he took it all the way from Hong Kong to Trim Ireland. Um, and he shows up... It's very funny to see this giant man come out of this little plane. And then... And then here's the thing, again, with this film of people asking, hey, what's up? And the guy's like, I will tell you later on. He gets into a BMW, or is it a Mercedes? A Mercedes with our evil gang lord, and, uh, who is a sweet old man. Um, and he's like, so what's the plan? And the sweet old man's like, I'll tell you later. And then they drive away. It's like, why was there a purpose of this scene? We know this guy flew in. We know this guy works for this guy. How did the job go? And he says, it's done. And he says, good. I have another job for you. And the big guy says, what is it? And he says, I'll tell you later. <laughs> I'll tell you later. Oh, these Irish. And, and not much later, to be honest. No, because the tournament's like that night. Yeah, there's a little, there's, there's another training montage. Yeah, we see so many JB training, training again. With, and with fire this time. They, they add fire. Yeah. He, he, does, he does spin kicks over a fire, and he throws a stump. And yeah. in between those... Those scenes, uh, I would assume that Siegel has been brought up to speed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Siegel has been brought up to speed. So then the tournament starts, and as we find out at the start of every single fight in the tournament, no rules. So at the start of every fight, a monk walks up and says, no rules. The uh, the sunburned monk. The, the monk that fell asleep in the back garden, yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez, that was a rough night. That's but, kind of my lotion got, everywhere. He's got the tanning goggle like, he, well, lines. He, must, he had his sunglasses on. He's laying in the back garden, you know, having his monk on, and then he fell asleep. Um, so then we see, like, there's a big, fat American guy who, uh, and then there's a giant man who came from Hong Kong that's Seagull or we, Seagull. We, we only know the big, fat guy is American because he has an American, American He never flag. says anything. No. Like, he's obviously just an Irish guy, too. Yeah. But he has an American flag that he drops onto the ground as, yeah. before he... A breaks yeah. a guy's neck or there's whatever There's a couple skinny guys, there's one woman, and then there's Jimmy Bennett in his uh, black Kenpo karate gi, which brought a lot of uh, memories back to me because I took Kenpo there's karate. so much dick kicking 
in this scene. There's a lot yeah. of dick kicking. That seems to be the that seems to be like the the ultimate move. <laughs> fatal deviation. That's the fatal deviation. <laughs> I feel that like the subtitle should be fatal deviation. Dick kick city. <laughs> um, this is this is actually where dick kick number two. I, I wrote this down. Sorry. This is the this is dick kick number two. I'm gonna put a little just ring a bell. Asterisk and number two. Ding. Dick Ding. kick number two. Mm-hmm. Dick kick number two. I think we get dick kicks number three and four as well. I mean, uh, yeah, this tournament goes on for a while. Uh, there's a there's a and, lady fighter, and that's fighter. that's her big move. Yeah, yep. There's another dick kick. I got that on the next yep. page. Lady fighter kicks dick the kick. guy in the dick. Dick kick because she's immune to kicks to her her uh, vaginal area. Number three. Um, so. Uh, as this tournament's going on, there's cuts to Nicola being held in Mikey's horrible trailer. Where her, the henchmen are just playing, playing cards, cards and, and then slap her. Um, because he, she's like, I hope you can run us go to Chicken Gamble. And he's like, well, we can't really gamble. Well, then Jimmy's going to kill you. And then he hits her and is like, that's enough out of you. Um, and uh, then we cut back and, you know, Jimmy's like fought off a bunch of guys. It's like and, day three of the tournament, day too. Three, because yeah. I think- By the way, like Nicola's been like sitting in this trailer for a long time. Yeah. Like a long, long time. Maybe that was a fatal deviation. What Nicola sitting that in the he, he decided he did the tournament. Nicola. No, this this makes a lot of sense, guys. He his deviation was that he did the tournament instead of rescuing his girlfriend. But then he rescues her after the tournament. Yeah, this actually makes no sense no, because he does no, win the no. tournament, and then he still has to go rescue her. So it's not yeah. like he just gets her back. Um, mm-hmm. So much for loosing the tournament. <laughs> loosing the tournament. <laughs> But, um, oh, what else? Oh, well, I guess, it, uh, variously, well, get, he has his shirt off, he has yeah, his shirt on. He, he goes full Van Damme, like, he starts off in a gi, like a proper martial artist, and by the end of the tournament, he's in full Van Damme mode, shirts off, black pants. We see uh, wasn't Seagal's... Wasn't it, wasn't it topless in khaki? That was, like the, that was the first time he went topless, oh, okay, yeah. Okay. We see uh, Seagal's fighting style is basically just, he lets the other guy punch him, and then, and he, then he just him. breaks the guy's neck. Yeah. Which is not very thrilling, but, but the, fan, the fans seem to love it. Yeah, they do. Everyone, this group of ten people that are just like, yeah, just very coarse, brutish Blood people that live in people. Trim. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Trim's yeah, that one, that one old lady was like really into it. Oh. And Jimmy keeps doing those like Van Damme style warrior faces. Uh, yeah, yeah, like mm-hmm. you know. And then finally, we have Seagull versus Jimmy. And it's a crazy ass fight. Well, they, not even crazy. Use, they even use one of their overhead shots for this yeah, one. Yeah, that that rare crane like overhead shot, which was clearly just the guy, the student that they had from the local uh, cable access station, sitting on top of a ladder with the camera being like, "Please don't fall! Please don't fall! Please don't fall!" Um, and so then, actually, that reminds me of the film Phobe, which is from the Niagara region of Ontario. Phobe is a uh, feature film produced for Niagara Access Television. Uh, about a alien bounty hunter coming to Earth to hunt aliens. Um, so anyways, back to Fatal Deviation. It's in this fight where Jimmy's just totally getting his clock cleaned and finally the monk starts going, Fatal Deviation, Fatal Deviation, Fatal Deviation, Fatal Deviation. Where ha- this is the, because there's several monks here. The, the, yeah. the sunburnt monk, there's another monk, I think. Yeah. And then there's, there's, there's our bearded monk. The, they're the, those are the bad guys that are kind of running this yeah, I've never understood. I don't think they're bad guys. I, think, well, I don't think they're bad guys. I think they're amoral. They're just like, this is a tournament that must be held, and we are the ones that run it. No, they're kind of like, this is a secret club. They're, it's kind of like this like cultish kind of feel I, because I got, of the robes. And I got the, the impression candles. that some of the or monks, the or the majority of the monks, the non-bearded ones, are kind of with the bad guys. They yeah. run this underground club. And then there's the bearded monk who's a bit rogue, and he lives yeah. in the forest, and then... 
He's drunk Gandalf, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hit the pub a few years ago and never turned back. By the way, we should point out that in the in the scene in the pub, in the background, there were like four monks just having some pints. It was great. In in their monk gear. In their monk yeah. gear, just like, oh man, it was a rough day at monk. And like and medieval monk monks, like we're talking Friar yeah, Tuck. Like Benedictine yeah. or uh, Fr- Franciscan or whatever monks, yeah. Like, oh, it was a rough day in the monk world for us, boys. And then, um, so at the tournament, uh, they do the Fatal Deviation now. Fatal Deviation in this movie is like an 16-hit Street Fighter combo. In real life, the Fatal Deviation uh, is a front, right, and left punch combination. So here's how the breakdown of like the real Fatal Deviation goes. An attacker at 12 o'clock comes at you with a right punch. Step your left foot to 6 o'clock into a right neutral bow facing 12 o'clock as you execute a right inward block to the inside of your attacker's right arm while your left hand positionally checks at your solar plexus. Your attacker throws a left roundhouse punch at your head. Shuffle forward into a right forward bow as you execute a left extended outward block to the inside of your attacker's left arm as you simultaneously execute a left vertical punch to your attacker's face. Pivot into a right neutral bow as you execute a right thrusting inward hand sword to the left side of your attacker's neck. Your left will return to check at your solar plexus. Immediately step your left foot into a left front crossover as you have your right hand circle counterclockwise diagonally down to force your attacker's right arm against the right side of their body. Your right elbow should also check off at your attacker's left arm. Simultaneous with this action, circle your left hand clockwise as you execute a left inward palm strike to the right side of your attacker's jaw. Step your right foot to 11 o'clock into a right neutral bow still facing 12 o'clock to buckle the inside of your attacker's right knee as you simultaneously execute a right inward elbow to the left side of your attacker's face. Pivot clockwise into a right reverse bow as you execute a right back hammer fist to your attacker's groin. Your left hand will check over your right shoulder. Execute a right front crossover towards 7.30. Survey. Execute a right rear crossover to your attacker, followed by a right rear kick to your attacker's stomach. Cross out to 6 o'clock. I think we just found a better title for the film. Yeah. Quality outweighs quantity every time. That's the, the final note. That's the tagline. Yeah. Fatal deviation. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're doing pretty good at uh, following the, I was all those steps. Yeah. It lost me at the spins and the. So essentially, here's here's how, the, how like that was a long. Here's how I can decipher that is that that situation essentially allows you to to lure your opponent into moving a certain way while you land. I think two to three very strong blows. That which was will only two or point. three blows. I yes. Noticed, I noticed while acting it out as you were going along. Um, Punching the left with your right, like you won't, you won't, you won't really expect that, right? There was a lot of uh, crossover, yeah. That you wouldn't. Normally. Well, the whole thing about the the other strikes is that those strikes are just to provoke reactions in your attacker that you would then take advantage of because you know you're not really striking, so it sets you up for a much more powerful strike. This is not reflected in that five no. seconds of fatal deviation not in the all. movie. But it did. It was very. It was kind of drawn out because. It did. I think I set out, like, uh, you don't deserve my speech. Because it seemed like he had a lot to say at that moment with his movements. And yeah. I think it came across as, as a move of that length. Sort of. Just really, just really so, fast and so probably not I, I properly. Think I don't know. Mm-hmm. What, what happened? So, Jay, Jay, 
Jimmy Chompenay Ramsey. <laughs> oh my is, God! Is fighting, is fighting, the seagull. Yep. It's a totally different movie. No, Jay, what's his name? James, Jimmy Bennett. Jimmy Bennett. Jimmy. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Bennett is fighting seagull. Jimmy yep. Bennett gets punched in the face, gets knocked out temporarily, mm-hmm. and he has a flashback. Yep. And he sees... Oh, this, that's when he sees the, the old man kill his father with a samurai sword. Yeah, and this brings him back. And I think this brings him to... The Fatal Deviation. The Fatal Deviation. And so as soon as he wins the fight, they're like, yeah, he won. And then he notices like the two henchmen that were watching the fight run off. So he goes, jumps over some crowd goers, and then they have a little Scooby-Doo um, oh, yeah. chase through the castle. as like, oh, yeah, so I, I, oh, by the way, it's daytime. Yes, it's daytime. <laughs> they're running below me. I'm running across them on a bridge. They're jumping through a window. I'm jumping through the roof. And then finally they land and he, like, the monk, like, kind of, like, confuses them because they run up and, like, oh, there's the monk. And the monk's just, like, with his two sticks, like, ah, come at me. Let me poke you with me sticks. And then... <laughs> and then... You guys don't understand the training involved. They poke grown men with sticks. It's great. Um, and then Jimmy jumps down, kicks the crap the, out the, of them. The, 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 the henchmen are, meanwhile, trying to make a call on their cell yeah, phone. On their, For some reason, they're trying to fight phone. a monk. And make a call on a cell phone to at tell the same their boss time. that Jimmy's on to us. He's he's won the fight. Seagull is down. Repeat, the seagull is down. But they don't they don't get to. The seagull has not landed. Because the Jimmy kicks fly them, away. kicks them both or whatever he yep. does. The, the cell phone goes flying into the air and he catches it before it hits the ground and just says, "Everything's fine here, boss," and hangs up. It's yeah. brilliant. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty cool. And, and, then, and then we see a, a nude man for some reason. Oh yeah, the cowboy a man in, in his speedo. underwear. He takes the underwear off. We see his full moon. We see, yeah, we see. And he right gets up Main in a Street. bathtub. This is, we this have not is, seen this man before in the film. And wait, we should set this up. So it's a yeah, bathtub. Yeah, he comes out of Mikey's trailer. Yeah, and, and a speedo and a cowboy also hat. Also known as nowhere. <laughs> yeah, and, and he's so, got a basically a, a, a bathtub that's above a fireplace, so it's a heated. No, no, no. We're not even. Through. This is an indoor bathtub that has been laid out on yeah. two rocks with a fire burning below it. This is how you do I things if you live in a trailer. Some sort yeah. of trailer, yeah. This is how you do things if you're you're homeless in the 1800s. But yeah, this it's the weirdest friggin' scene. This, this, this guy time. with his cowboy hat comes out, takes off his underwear. We can see his undercarriage. Yeah, and then he turns and we like, for a brief moment, I I am so thankful for the low resolution on this, <laughs> on this print. We do not see the Frankenbeans as he gets into the tub. Oh, now, God forbid you do. I think yeah. this was just to break it up because, like, we needed something at that moment. The other we thing, just go but this back is, to here's the thing to Jean Benet. This is totally candy. independent of anything else in the entire film. There is no interaction between that character and anyone else, and it turns out that that person, that actor playing that guy, is the co-producer of the movie. So I have to wonder if he's like, well, you know what? If I'm making a movie, my ass has got to be in it. Any money, he was doing that dirt while they were shooting, and then he got legitimately scared, and the camera was rolling on him, and he ran for cover, I and they kept an, it in the movie. I have an alternate mm-hmm. theory because that? they couldn't get gratuitous nudity with uh, Nicole. There couldn't be female nudity, so yeah. So the you know, it's time to show me ours. Exactly, it'll step up. I'll take one for the team. I'll show. Yeah, the, the, the actress show you how it's playing. Done. The, the actress playing Nicole was like. I'm not getting naked in this film. Or you know what? It might have been something where you know how someone says like, you know what? I won't ask my crew to do anything I wouldn't do. So he did yeah, but that. Then his crew didn't. Anyways. And then Nicole was like, no. <laughs> his crew was like, no. Yeah. Okay, no. I'll get naked and I'll get in this tub and then and we'll you, film it and it'll be and in the movie. Then you get naked 
and, and you get in the tub. Hashtag me too. And and she was like, rightfully, no, I'm not getting naked in your your cheap SVHS movie. Um, so then Jimmy, so at this point, Jimmy Bennett is somehow in a car driving up the road. Now he is getting shot at by by all these henchmen, and he shoots back with their little pip 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 sounds. Like a shotgun is blasted, like full born. It's just like, <laughs> that's it. And then um, this, and this happens in real life. Jimmy Bennett loses control of the car while shooting at the henchman, and the car flips over and wrecks itself. Now this happened in real life because it wasn't supposed to happen. He's supposed to drive the car all the way to the henchman's place. However, he lost control of the car for real. Rolled it, walked away fine, and they're like, "Screw it, let's leave it in the movie." And then they have the old that he gets out of the car and runs away while it's on fire, and then it explodes and he jumps as it's flying by. This, this is a hatchback, by the way. Yeah, good old a red hatchback. Yeah, and then and then what's his what's his line? There goes the driver's license, which doesn't there, make any yeah. sense. So let me say that nobody, again. Nobody nobody saw it happen. There goes the driver's license. Now in OSW review, they actually point out that like in no way would you lose your driver's license. People are shooting at you. You're on a back road, is and you lose control of the car. Maybe? Yeah, at best, unless, unless he physically lost his driver's license. Yeah, like, yeah it's well, in you the said car. it might be. He might have left it behind in the car, maybe, and then it got maybe, blown up. Maybe he meant. My insurance is going to go up, but he misspoke. That could be true. He is obviously concussed. He so just he's going to have to revoke his license because he won't be able to pay the insurance. He just fought in a three-day tournament where people punched him in the head. He just rolled the car and was shooting at people. He's not in his right mind. So he was probably saying my insurance premium is going to go up for sure. So, and and right after he crashes, yeah, uh, we see the naked guy again. Because he's scared gets, of the explosion. He hops oh. out, of, out of the... The explosion startles oh. the naked man. He hops out of the tub and then runs away for some he reason. Was, he was setting up the reaction shot. That's why he had him the first. It was like a little like, ooh, what's this? What's going yeah. on? And yeah, then he pays it off. taking a hot bath. With like, this explosion was so loud. I had to run. That it made a guy jump out of his bath. Yeah. Naked. Yeah. yeah. Naked. Yeah. Into the woods. Yeah, I think they wanted like a Benny Hill gag. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Who I think knows? maybe that, was, that that filled off the, filled out the comedy checkbox. That he had on his his checklist. Oh yeah, there used to be a comedic character. Yeah, it's kind of like in Samurai Cop, the waiter that isn't funny, whereas everything else in the movie is funny. I miss Samurai Cop. I lent it to a friend, and I'm never getting it back. And um, then and then he he plays Fortnite for a little while. Yeah, so it goes the the film goes kind of into Fortnite territory, which is the massively successful multiplayer video game. Um, Nobody wants he, to hear about Fortnite. I know he's running around this like abandoned like. Uh, a wooded area and he like shoots and kicks guys in the balls and but throws guys down hills and then it's it's like kind of like a I think it's almost like a, a dump because there's some wrecked vehicles just hanging around there's lots of like quarry-ish areas that might have been like former landfills he he kicks a guy down a hill and he goes ride and slide <laughs> and he does do that enjoy the slide I thought no, that Maybe. was a, that was the catchphrase. It was ride and slide, ride and slide, and then, and then he himself gets knocked slides down, slides down a hill because yeah, he gets charged from backwards, behind, backwards, and he winds up shooting upwards as he's falling down a hill and kills a guy. And now at this point he pip, goes, pip 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 pip. They're all dead. So then they he winds up at Mikey's trailer where the hen, one hench guy comes out holding uh, Nicola. He's got a gun in Nicola's head. He's like, he, drop it or I'll shoot it's, her. It's the least. It's the least. I'm taking a hostage head, headlock you could ever do. It's more yeah. like. I'm giving you a noogie. Yeah. And the guy's wearing a Metallica t-shirt tucked in. It's from the Ride the Lightning he, He's completely open to JB, who's who's holding a gun yeah. on him. He's just wide open. It's mm -hmm. as if he was just standing there, and she, he's got her sort of off to his side. And the reason being is that that's because of what the script said would be there. So JB drops the gun. Nicola stamps on the guy's foot. 
Then, it, no, he, he drops the gun. The guy's like, ha ha, now I'm going to shoot you in the head. And then Nicholas stamps on the guy's foot. He goes, ow. And then Jimmy drops to the ground, picks up the gun, shoots him from the ground in the chest. The Metallica t-shirt is ruined. The guy falls to the ground dead. And then doesn't he just send Nicola off? Like, just, just get away. I know what happens next. Oh, no, uh, Mikey comes Mikey. out. Mikey comes um, out. Uh, and he's got guns. He's got guns to them. Yeah. He gets them both on their knees. Mm -hmm. um, and gets then on your knees. JJP says something which, which seemed funny to me. He's just like, let the girl go. It's me you want. It's like, <laughs> no. no. No, the whole thing was for the girl. <laughs> Mikey wants the girl. Yeah. There's so many good lines about, let, me, let the girl go. It's me you want. No, no, no. Mikey wants the girl. That's I why she's here. I can't even remember how he turns the tables, but he, he, like, managed, he, he does some I don't know. A bird flies by and he kicks the guy in the leg and then he snaps. Snaps, uh, snaps his neck so quick yeah. that you don't even know what's up. Yeah, and then and he, he just twists, he grabs his head and goes. Yeah, and, and then like smash cut to picnic. Smash cut no, back it was, to. It was a fade out. It was a oh, soft yeah, it was fade, a fade out. Yeah. No, there's no hard edges in this film. <laughs> no, and then it was just a, it was just a quiet little slow fade to mm -hmm. black. Oh, and like then we go. Yeah, to, they hug. They hug, and they're still standing by the picnic uh, towel. And they hug, and that's... No, no, no. no, no you're missing the, the key thing. So, so so we recreate the picnic from the past. Yes, but they're just slightly nicer now. Slightly nicer, and he's like, close your close eyes. Close your eyes. And she's like, why? And he like, he's like, just do it. And then she closes her eyes, and he leans in, and then all of a sudden she opens them, and she goes, ah! Because old man Trotsky, or whatever his name is, has a has a shotgun pointed right... Where did he appear from? I don't even know. He's, he's just like, like one on of the monks. Out of nowhere. It's like the end of Alien, guys. Yeah. The alien just, just comes out of nowhere. Own, yeah, yeah. But anyways, and then he says, I'm going to kill you. You, no, wait. Yeah. I, I you that. killed my son. Now I'm going to kill you just like I killed your father. And then... I wrote that down. That is word for word. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I, I memorized it. And then... Um, and, and then, then he flips the light. Then uh, Jimmy grabs the gun, flips <laughs> the wording. Like, yeah, well, he sweeps enough the style. Leg. Yeah, yeah, he takes like, now, I'm, now you killed my father. Now I'm going to kill you just like I killed your son. Mean, meanwhile, Nicola... It's just there. And she's going to be traumatized to ever close her eyes again. Yeah. Every time she does, <laughs> something, something terrible horrible happens. happens. I think she's just waiting to start up this picnic again. Cause, um, when can we ever get through this picnic? Yeah, no, he 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 shoots the the sort of the dad guy. the dad old, the, the friendly old man. He shoots him in the head. Yes. Right, like brains him all over the uh, the. And then, the and then he grass. that battle was so short. I was like, oh my god, I thought this man had a little bit more up his sleeve. He was really easy to take down. It was like the end of Return of the King where there's like three endings because it ends when it, the movie has three endings. He wins the tournament. He saves Nicola. Nicola. He kills Mikey. And then he kills Mikey's dad. No, who but killed he, his and, dad. and he has a picnic. And he's a picnic. And he has a picnic. And then they and then they like Nicola and him embrace. She is shattered for life. And then it the camera tilts up to the sky as it crossfades into the beloved outtakes. Which it, just shows that the proper title of this movie should have been Safety Last. <laughs> Safety Oh my god. Yeah, and you actually do get to see the dick at this point. Again, the very low res, so therefore yeah, unless it was you're like, squinting hard, you're it was not like seeing four it. pixels. Yeah. I was squinting hard. I was trying to see that uh, that dick. The lo fi peen. Yeah. Lo fi peen. That's my favorite band from the nineties, lo fi peen. I wonder if they had any more picnics after this, because every time they have, it hasn't gone down they, well, although they did win I, in the end. The, I think they're done having picnics after this, yeah. It's it's I like, wouldn't put it past them though. This this film it it seemed pretty competently made, but the outtakes really do show its shortcomings. Oh yeah, because guys get hurt constantly. They, yeah, people are getting legitimately hurt and bleeding in the, mm -hmm. in the outtakes. But the, the director and, but, and is, the other every time someone gets hurt, it's like, "Ah, oh, you're fine. You're fine. Yeah, you're, you're fine. You're fine. Don't worry you're about fine. it." 
Um, and I love how the guy that's like, he kicked over a wall and he's like, right, that's it. I'm not doing this anymore. <laughs> he's like, I'm done. Because had like one shitty mattress. Yeah. Like, on the other it side was like a folded over bed pillow. Like, there you go. Land on that. I wouldn't doubt for it. I strongly doubt there was any insurance on this movie. Oh, yeah. Insurance was not an issue. And the, the, in this, the, the blooper montage, the outtake, sorry. In the outtake montage, the, the director's feeding the actors lines and telling them exactly how to say things. Yeah. But they, the actor still can't get it. And the actor doesn't get it. Well, it, was, it was like, oh. It was that great scene that we loved. Yeah, it was the, what the f*** is this? And then he's like, oh, Jimmy Bennett's back. Jimmy Nennett? Bennett. No, Bennett. Right. Jimmy Bennett's back. Jimmy Barnfield? <laughs> no. Bennett. Just say, just say, Bennett? Okay, okay. Jimmy Bennett's back. McDonald's? <laughs> uh, no, and then the old guy, hey, the, the line he says, like, in the outtakes, like, it's just done so half-heartedly, whereas, like, in the final cut, yes. they, I guess because, like, the camera's so in its yeah. face, like, he just, like, belts it out. Yeah. yeah. So, anyways, that was Fatal Deviation. Once they got Fatal, him to remember the Fatal name deviation. that he's supposed to say, they're like, yeah. okay, can you try it with, like, a huge outburst, which made the final cut. We, we gotta yeah. sing the song here. Oh, yeah. I wanna <laughs> live... Love, learn and survive. I wanna live, love, learn and survive. I wanna live, laugh, learn and survive. That's the song over the end. That that an instrumental version of that song played over a couple montages, and this the lyric version played over the the um, the credits. end credits. And that was fatal deviation. Fatal deviation. So guys, final thoughts. Phil, too. What's your thought? Final thoughts on fatal deviation. Um, so I want to ask the question whose deviation was the most fatal I think Jimmy's because everybody died I no, think... no the monk the monk or, the monk orchestrated everything if if the monk if Jimmy had been like I gotta get out of town if the monk had just let him like leave things would have been okay he could have took Nicola with him and be like hey you want to get out of the trim and she would be like feck yes but um, we already know that he's already tough and he's been working on himself before he came back to town, don't we? So the monk was just kind of, hmm, this kid has something, just like his father. Who also died after I trained him. Um, <laughs> the, one thing, the one thing about this, though, is that I'm pretty sure that Jimmy, in the 10 years that he has not been in that town, did not kill about 80 people like he did in this movie. Yeah, I think he actually he killed, might have killed half the town's population. Yeah, there's all a new the, trim all the, coming. <laughs> all the males between the age of 18 and 25... <laughs> are just dead. Are, are dead, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and apparently the only woman in town is Nicola anyway, so... No, no, there were He's, the two others at the at the bank. Oh, there were a couple at the bank. Yeah, I'm... I'm like, here, here's the thing. With this film, I am just... I'm struggling to find an angle, just anything to latch onto, but this it's like a chrome sphere. This thing is impenetrable. Mm -hmm. There's... It, it's so, like... It, it, he's like... It's so safe. For, for an action film, for a film where people are getting killed left, right, and center, it's weirdly, like, tame and safe. Like, all his music choices were, like nothing had any edge to it no all the fighting nothing was like really dangerous or he's not Jackie Channing it no he's, he was he's just really hurting Carol Nicolo. Channing yeah. it <laughs> <laughs> yeah there was definitely uh, this was coming from a place of love I would say like there was a lot of appreciation for Van Damme and you know all of that stuff and he 
like you could see that he felt it on like an emotional level like it yeah, was good times is, you know nobody makes the a music was soft and the music conveyed like you know feelings of the character and the journey and blah 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 and they it just want to live wasn't life supposed to be survive. a pretty learn and survive like yeah. hard-hitting action and you have to I think re- it like it off. A f- making a film is a serious undertaking yeah especially like a 72 minute long like i know oh, people I know. make longer films and they do a lot more with it but like this guy was dedicated mm-hmm. to making this thing he must well, have been planning the thing months the thing to remember is that this whole film essentially exists to pitch jimmy bennett to other people at, it, it essentially acts as a demo reel for it's, jimmy bennett it's a That's stunt why reel no, it's a, as an acting martial arts star reel. Like he really wanted to be the, the Irish Jean Claude Van Damme, so he was trying to get noticed by the uh, the Asian uh, Hong Kong action cinema people. And Dude, the whole thing's filmed like the Deer Hunter. I, <laughs> even the last scene, it just stops a freeze frame at him like flexing his muscles, and it's kind of like that final like. Yeah, hire me. Come on. I'm oh, you know what? That's, that's his headshot. headshot. That's his You're headshot. Right. You're right. Yeah. Because at the beginning, he actually gets two job offers yeah. in the first like third of the film the mm-hmm. monk says come work with me and like the head bad guy says That's come right. work with me yeah it's subliminal marketing right there mm-hmm. he's like i i want you to offer me a job yeah highly so, employable yeah so uh moving on to i Phil. think that monk had money to offer yeah he said beer money so phil two what are your final thoughts on fatal deviation i thought i was phil one you're Phil One, sorry. Phil Number One. What's your thoughts on Fatal Deviation? As well, this, this is Phil A. That's Phil B. No way. No, no. no. I'm, I'm literally <laughs> Phil B. Yeah. <laughs> so Phil Number One, what are your final thoughts on Fatal Deviation? Like, there's a degree of amateurishness and uh, lo-fi budget qualities that make John DeHart's Get Even look like a polished professional. Well, that wasn't right. Citizen that was, Kane. But you're saying Get Even was a union acting like a union job like wings hauser was in real movies he was a, the star of a of a soap opera for many years he was in vice and squad smith. and william smith was in freaking the outsiders and, and rumblefish and maniac cop like he was a legit actor and and there was john DeHart. um so this the like the thing is like that this famed california trial lawyer yes um the the thing though about this film is that like the low budget amateurishness it gives it a charm that's what like the thing is you're not repulsed by this film whereas like i've seen a lot of like other like vanity project martial arts films where you're just bored out of your brain you are not bored in this film you are constantly latching onto different things like the smashing of the eggs and then you hear the boom the gong it's like oh shit you just know like some some ass is gonna be kicked okay because these two hooligans are causing a ruckus in a grocery store under his watch you Mm -hmm. know it's great like the little touches i found really charming and yeah i think it came from a place of love just like john dehart with his movie get even yeah with get even yeah Sorry, Phil, too, did you have anything to add? Uh, or should we go into Kit? I just, you don't make a film, you don't finish a film to this level mm-hmm. without having some love for the subject matter. Oh, totally. Um, something I'm still trying to, I've got to think this was about def- this. This was definitely like the entire town made a movie, essentially. Like, they're like, let's all come out and help Jimmy make his movie. Trim Ireland, population 76. <laughs> uh, one minute for every person in that town. No, yeah, you watch the credits. Literally every single extra yep, is listed credit, in the credits. Because he loves them all so much. Um, in fact, in, I think, 2014, they went back to that pub, which is still there. They had all the same people in the scene, 
and they recreated the scene. It's amazing. And everyone in there remembered all of their spots. It was wow. so good. So, Kit, what are your final thoughts on... Unless, are you done, Phil? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty much done. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Kit, what are your final thoughts on Fatal Deviation? Oh, it's a lovely film, I guess. Lovely. I don't know. I mean, it's... it's uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it's hard to say it's a good film. Um... But their their love the the love is there. I don't know. Yeah, it, it the the love of the town just radiates through it. You just feel that like these guys are going for broke, but they didn't have enough cash to get there. I think the film would make a really background good. Sorry, I think the film would make a really good background for karaoke. Yeah, I agree. Kit, any other final thoughts? I don't have many. I'm I'm afraid. You're all sold out. So, Lillian, what are your final thoughts on Fatal Deviation? Yeah, that was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed that. Um, kiss my teeth here. Uh, yeah, I thought it was good. I th- I was charmed, and I f- and like I think he pulled off what he wanted to. Like he was mean and tough, and he was hard hitting and out for justice and all that. And um, it worked. And the little touches, there was... Yeah, I really liked it. This, it was a lot of fun. Was this film discovered? Like, how did... So, it did get a... It got a DVD release in the early 2000s, and a VHS release. It played, I think, in one theater in Ireland. Um, it didn't do well. In the greater trim area. In the greater trim area, the GTA. Um, and then, basically, a blogger or vlogger online found it back in, like, 2012 or something and talked about it, and that kind of brought it back into public consciousness. Everyone kind of denied its existence for a while. I think that was around the time of the Cracked articles. So Probably, yeah. get the roles that he seek to get, huh? No, I think that was it for Jimmy Bennett. Like, I mean, I'm going to do a quick uh, IMDb look just to see if there's anything else in there. But it was it pretty much was, like, briefly rediscovered, and then, you know, it's... Uh, the only thing is that it's not currently in, in circulation. I mean, you can find it on YouTube if you want to. Um, the original Irish DVD, there's copies still floating around, so if you can find one, that's great. However, unfortunately, it's Region 2, not Region 1, so it won't play North American DVD players. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's fascinating how uh, this film from Ireland that most people just, like, had totally forgotten about uh, has now another, you know, a whole new lifespan um, f- through smart asses like us. Oh, so uh, Jimmy Bennett did go on to do some other things. Let's look it up here. Uh, actually, his latest role was in 2018. So he followed up Fatal Deviation with a movie called Moving Target, which went straight to video in the year 2000. Oh my god, that's almost like Hard Target. Almost. Yay! He's living the dream. I know. He was on. Wait, wait. He wasn't a star though. He was. Uh, his role was Malloy's henchman uncredited. No, I don't want to see this man as a henchman. I know. Um, he was in Extreme Force as Barfighter. He was in Silent Screenplay as Doctor. He was in Max... Oh, my God. Oh. He was in Albert Pune's <gasps> Max Havoc, Curse of the Dragon as Uncredited Kickboxer. Uncredited Kickboxer? From our... Oh man, we cannot get away from Albert Pune. No. He like and I'm. He's got a knife for talent. He could. He saw something in him that was clearly there. Good. He yeah. Albert Pune is the patron saint of this podcast. Um, he was then in a movie called in a TV show called Battleground: The Art of War, which looks like it gets from the Napoleonic Wars. Um, he played a paramedic in Silent Screenplay Two. He played uh, an uncredited bullfighter in Beverly Hills Chihuahua. 
He did something in the 2013 remake of The Lone Ranger. Whatever it was was uncredited. He played a biker in the movie Swelter. He played a stagehand in the Clint Eastwood-directed Jersey Boys in 2014, also uncredited. Um, he played the role of a henchman in The Guru and the Gypsy. He played the role of a henchman in Kill Em All. In Kickboxer, Real- Retaliation, directed by John Stockwell from Albert Pune's Dangerously Close. Um, and Albert Pune, of course, directed Kickboxer 2, 3, and 4. He played Nunchuck Man, Nunchuck Man in Kickboxer Real- Retaliation. Then in the movie Blackwater, starring Jean-Claude Van Damme. He made it! He made, he made it. it. It took him 20 years. It's, it's Actually, this movie's out this year. It, it took him 20 years, and it's Jean, not just Jean-Claude Van Damme, but also Dolph Lundgren. Oh, oh, oh wait, 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 wait. There, it's, a, it's a Toronto filmmaker that made this. It's Pasha Patricki. Blackwater? Yeah, Pasha Patricki. I'm pretty sure that, that Pasha Patricki directed. Yeah, Pasha Patricki directed this movie. This, oh, my God. This guy. I've heard Pasha. Of Pasha. Pa- I've heard, I, Pasha yeah. shot one of my videos. Oh, my God. Pasha directed a film with Jimmy Bennett. With Jimmy, this is we Whoa, are one degree shit. of separation away from Jimmy Bennett. His, but hang on, his character in Blackwater was Guard 006. Oh, I feel like we should all start writing the script for Fatal Deviation too. Fatal Deviation. <laughs> uh, then he followed up. He's yeah, he's in a bunch of stuff this year. He was in a movie called Attrition, where he played the character Scarecrow. He was in a movie called A Dangerous Date, where he played Doctor Crow. Fatal Deviation. This, guy's, this guy is is working steady. I think that's incredible. He's working more he got, now in like this year than he has in. A, in hey, like you know what? Yeah. Different people take different amounts of time to make yeah. it. I am I am very impressed. Hard Target being a big inf- a running influence in this movie, and for him to be in a movie called Moving Target, I'm sorry, but that's and amazing. A movie with John Clad Van Damme, and <laughs> yeah. I'd like to think that every scene where they're together, it's just. Star-eyed Jimmy. <laughs> Star-eyed or Jimmy. He's like a schoolgirl at a Beatles concert. <laughs> yeah. So on that note, I think we should wrap up this episode. Uh, we will be back next week with part two of our kung fu movies from countries that don't produce kung fu movies. I think we should do another rendition of You Gotta Live Life, Love and Survive. Let's do this to fade out. No. Um, <laughs> you gotta live, love, learn and survive. You gotta live, love, learn and survive. You gotta live, laugh, learn and survive. Love and survive. I wanna live my life. Love and survive. You gotta live, love and survive. You gotta live your life. Love and survive. You gotta live. Life, love and survive. You gotta live your life, love and survive. So for death by video, hi. No, I, you gotta say I've been Phil. I've been Phil. I've been Phil. I've also been Phil. And I've also been Phil. I've had my Phil. That was Kit. Ah, oh, I was Lil. She is Lillian, and I've been Graham. Saying. Please be sure to rewind and we will see you next time. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye. On the 4th of July, 1806, we set sail from the street called car. We were sailing away with the cargo of bricks for the Grand City Hall in New York. But a wonderful craft, she was rigged for the daft. And know how the wild wind blows her, she stood several blasts. She had 27 masts, and they called her the Irish Rover. Well, well, well.